Hello, friends. We started this episode with a teensy technical glitch, but you know how this goes. Welcome to Nature Checks Arta Campaign, the show where you come for the game and stay for the science. Hi, I'm Cheryl. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm the dungeon master for the Arta Campaign. I'm also a PhD candidate studying ecology at the University of Illinois, Chicago. And when I'm not doing my research, I'm also a science communicator and the host of The Roaming Naturalist on YouTube. And I made a new video, finally. My god, last semester was hard. Here we are. Um, <laughs> next, there's Peter, because we like to start things off with Peter introducing himself. <laughs> so it's all upward trajectory, right? <laughs> Peter, uh, my pronouns are he, him. Um, I am an entomologist. I do agricultural research at North Carolina A&T University. Um, and when I'm not doing that, I take pictures of things and put those pictures on the internet. And here I play Cedric, the crowd favorite of the party, <laughs> and also the one who is able to heal people. And the only one who's died so far. Yes, mm -hmm. that's true. Yep. <laughs> yep. The most experienced can... with death. Yeah. Um, he can heal everyone but himself. Oh. Apparently. It's true. I mean, he can heal himself. <laughs> he just chooses he, not to. He just chooses not to. Right. Next, there's Nancy. Recommencing tours of Ecuador. So if you're interested in looking at bugs or the forest or Ecuador in general, you should definitely come visit. I'm also running the Nature Check TikTok now. We've got one. Yay. <laughs> so you should check that out. I play an Asimer. She is a rogue. Her name is Kay, and our pronouns are she, her. Yeah, we have a TikToks. Then there's Ryan. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm a horticulturalist, uh, entomologist, plant health specialist, working in the Pennsylvania medical cannabis industry currently. In our game, I play Fletcher the Human Wizard, and we both use he, him pronouns. And then there's Cindy. Hi, I'm Cindy, she, her. I'm a science enthusiast and play an Andorian engineer over on Heroes of Awesome Constellation on the Weirdlings Twitch and YouTube channels. Here, I'm playing Nadia, the Water Muppet Druid, also she, her. We have missed you all during our December break, but we're back and ready to see you here every Sunday on Twitch. In case you've forgotten, you can hang out with us in the chat, use your channel points to help the PCs or create chaos, and check the reference section down below for the social media handles for the whole Nature Check cast, as well as a link to our Discord and our updated streaming schedule. You also know that you can find the video recordings of our games on our YouTube channel and the audio versions on all podcast platforms. <sighs> oh my gosh, let's do it. Let's get going. We're back. After making sure the mine was good and closed off to prevent any more lead or other contaminants from leaking into the underground river, you left the desert as quickly as you could. <laughs> While you were waylaid, waylaid by some doom camels and a pair of mischievous dust methods, you eventually passed through the ecotone connecting the desert to the grasslands. You stopped in the shortgrass clan's encampment for a night, where Cedric was able to refine some silver and rid you of some lingering wounds. Since then, off-screen, you have traveled southeast and are just now making your way back into the rainforest on Oladamum, the 26th day of Bright Run. But first, does anyone have anything they'd like to share from the five-day journey? Was there anything important that you did or discussed while you were walking? I think the, I mean, the most pressing thing, uh, I would have wanted to be having a discussion on the way towards the rainforest about guarding a... Uh, 
the big red birds that knocked us on our asses last time we were there. But <laughs> we need those birds or at the very least their feathers. So we would hopefully would have discussed what we want to do and have a game plan before we even get to the rainforest. That's okay. the thing I think that we would have been talking about. Like, <laughs> Seems like a good choice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like a, a very good idea. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. So we can just shoot them from afar. She like holds up her crossbow or longbow, short bow, whatever she has, some sort of bow that shoots things. <laughs> it's a short bow. <laughs> it gives a lot of confidence that you'll really take out those birds. And you're like, I don't know what this is, but I'm just gonna fire. But I'm, gonna, it. Yeah. I'm gonna shoot it anyway. But take my 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 twangy stick. But twangy stick. Oh, if that boy. doesn't inspire confidence, I don't know what will. Yeah, didn't we try this last time, Kay? Didn't you try and shoot them last time? Oh, who, no, I thought who you tried like, to... Mm, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure I don't know, one it's of so long ago. shooting a projectile uh, at these birds. Oh, it was, was definitely Cedric throwing a rock at the birds. That's right. <laughs> definitely. Um, I mean, I guess that Rocks sounds are familiar. not as pointy. They it's didn't true. kill you. To be, f- yeah, that's true. Hey, yeah, Nadia, you're the expert on these birds. What's the best way to have them not kill you? Do I know anything especially useful about these birds other than maybe don't fuck with them? Oh, I'm so excited. First roll of 2022, and it's a nature check. Nature check. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Try one of my shiny new, shiny new die. I have no, this is, this will, it'll, it's fine. It'll be fine. Uh, knowledge nature. No pressure. So no much pressure inspiring confidence tonight. Yeah, that's the face I like to see. We're back. Eleven. Eleven. <laughs> um, can I? What? Well, can I uh, maybe assist her role because I've been studying the book that talks about all the life in the rainforest, which should cover these birds. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um. So that would bring it to the the aid. Another action gives a plus two, so that's a thirteen. Slightly better. Okay, so these things between the two of y'all are called coralaxes. They're under B for bastard birds. <laughs> They're called. It's really confusing because it sounds like it starts with a C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're called coralaxes. They usually can be found in large groups, so they're like highly social birds. They aren't like, I mean, like so many things in nature, they're not just like aggressive for the sake of being aggressive right so like they can do this (laughs) they're not cats (laughs) sure Um, (laughs) so they can do the color spray thing when they're in danger and it's a way of them protecting themselves they also have nasty claws and beaks that like if somebody were to fuck with them they would fuck right back but like no they don't like use the color spray or their you know claws and beaks just to like mess with people for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. Can I? I don't know if this is. If I can like do specifically like check in my check in the book, or if I've already reviewed the book, see if I remember it. But there were two different like color morphs of the birds. Is yeah. there anything about like? Is there something different about those two different color morphs of the birds? Yeah. So this is an example of sexual dimorphism. So the males are bright red with shiny black beaks and the females still have the black beak although it's sometimes less shiny and they have they have duller plumage it's more brown 
So like many female birds, it's a little easier for them to blend into stuff in the environment. And the males are very bright and showy. Well, that's good. We So we would be killing males, which ultimately take a few doesn't really affect the population. Hmm, pragmatism. <laughs> and if they're, you said they're they're social birds, like they're like forming like large groups or they're, they're like, because like most birds are like sort of monogamous. But if they're like forming like a large social group, you kill off all the males, except for a couple, you'd be good, right? Yeah, so haha, this is something I learned from uh, another grad student in my lab recently. So a lot of birds are socially monogamous. So are humans, which basically means that you look like you're monogamous, but lots of people are busy messing around in the background. But yeah, these birds are like that as well. So it's not that they are social and that they're eusocial. It's not a colony with like a queen They're not like casts. the parakeets that form massive no. it's just they like to nest in big groups. So think of it like a, like a heron rookery or something like that. There's just like a lot of them. Did you see the recent story about the, the it was like a study of seabirds and their monogamy and like the difference in different species and how often they get divorced from oh, one another. Spicy. And they're finding increasing rates of divorce due to increasing like water temperatures and, and oh. harder times foraging in the ocean because of climate crisis. They divorce when they get stressed, just like people. <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, so that's what you know about the Coralaxes. Well, so we know how they attack, which is good that's useful cheryl can i maybe roll can i do can i do an arcana check to see like because i don't have the spell color spray right. but i want to see do i know enough about it to like essentially for me to like look up in the player's handbook and figure out like is there a way to avoid certain aspects of it? like like can i think about do i know about that spell yeah make a knowledge arcana check and we'll see what you get 14 okay yeah, that's enough for you to get the gist of it, which is that it is a visual effect, so like an actual spray of colors, and that it basically affects a person's mind, so their strength of will can overcome it, so not everybody falls victim to the spell. And the um, the effect of the spell on a person whose strength of will is not enough to help them resist it, uh, the amount of effect they receive is based on the strength of the person, which translates to a will save is needed to not become a victim of this spell, and the number of hit dice you have determines what effects you receive from the spell. Alright, so I think we should try and sneak up on them at night and steal a bunch of eggs, and then take the eggs back and rear those eggs, start a bird farm. <laughs> How hard can it be to have a bird farm? Oh, you know about you know about raising chicks? I mean, I assume they're basically like raising rats. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> you just put them in little cages and you feed them mushrooms. <laughs> or vegetables, maybe. Do we know what these birds eat? <laughs> I already see a fatal flaw in your plan. <laughs> just one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, this could be a much better, more sustainable approach than, like, continuously poaching out of the wild, but we need a solution right away that we come back and deliver something. Yeah, can you imagine if we went back to, like, Miss Prissy Pants and was like, oh, but don't worry, this will be that bird. You know, just give it some... Yeah. 
We're like give us five years, and we'll yeah. have a ton of birds. Yeah. <laughs> Grow your own bird. Yeah. Then we pass the work on to her. Because that worked so well in real life. <laughs> well, we could convince her that, like, they're actually really rare. And since she would, like, be controlling the entire market, she could put whatever price she wants on the stuff that she sells from them. Yeah, I mean, they're really rare would be a pretty good excuse for the fact that it's been, like, a month since we left. <laughs> we spent a whole month out here and we only found three eggs or whatever. Also, I would assume that they're pretty vigilant about protecting their eggs like to the point that that's something Nadia might have noticed probably yeah like probably. their eggs their eggs birds were not on your menu yeah i mean just just in general birds really don't like you messing with their eggs are they going to like that less than us messing with them cuz our other option is kill them right they which like really, i imagine they will they also really be don't, <laughs> they really don't they really don't like you messing with them. I tried... They're real... Birds get mean when you try to take their eggs. They get really mean. Fair enough. So... Just... Are we back to... Kay, you should gonna shoot them? Yeah, I guess so. That's my plan. And then, you know, maybe if we shoot one that has eggs, we can do both. We can some bring some birds now, and then we can bring some eggs for later. I bet you're right. I bet they they mostly got eggs inside of them. We'll just cut them open and get the eggs out. Is this another moment for that's not how birds work? <laughs> sure. <laughs> just squeeze it like a toothpaste like a tube. I don't think Cedric's ever killed a bird. Have we killed a, any bird species yet? No, but I read a story once. There was like this goose that laid golden eggs. And it would lay like one egg every now and then. And so you could sell the egg for a lot of money. And then the people were like, oh my God, they must have tons of eggs inside of it. And like cut the goose open and there were no golden eggs in it. And they killed their goose. So like, I don't know about birds, but like, that's my only reference. And it seems legit to me. That doesn't seem legit to me. I don't know anything about birds, but I know a lot about gold. And that's not where gold comes from. (laughs) I think it was a metaphor. Sorry, this is your druid remembering that like she's a druid and therefore may have a spell that could help with this. But oh my god, I have not looked at any of these other ones because they haven't been Speak with animals. Can we pluck you? Is that cool? I mean, all she also one asked was to bring back as many birds as we could. So if that is two, then we're like this we they're really hard to find. This is how many we have right now, and like. She, there wasn't a quota, is what I'm saying. That is right. true. Right. But um, she did. We do have a large debt with her that we are paying off in this way, right? We could which, just bring back a ton of money like and be like, be "Here's your money." Reminded of there details. could she could have a new. Yes. I would like could, to be reminded could, of the details. Wait, what's wrong? We could bring back a couple birds, and then there could be a different kind of task that we can pursue going forward. So we wouldn't have to even worry about birds anymore. They could be like, "Oh, there's a new thing." That you can that we want you to help us with now. Maybe so she doesn't want, want birds would... anymore. Yeah, it could be birds could be passe now. It has been two months. <laughs> um, yeah, if you'd like more a reminder of more of the details of all of that, since it was so very long ago in the real world, um, oh, you can two years. Give me an intelligence check. Two years. 
<laughs> two years. Nothing much has happened in the last two years, though. So, yeah, you know, I remember it very clearly. Yeah, my mind definitely hasn't been, you know, Wish. occupied. Yeah, we uh, we talked to Sawan September 28th 15? of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> September? September 28th, 2019. We talked uh, to Sawan about these birds. Uh, <laughs> I rolled a 15 on that okay. intelligence check. Well, the world still made sense. Okay. <laughs> I rolled a 19. Okay, yeah. So between the two of you, what you remember is that she was like, yeah, we've heard that those birds are over there. We're interested in them. You can bring me back birds alive or dead or just their feathers. The Whatever you bring back will be worth different amounts. My associate will tally up whatever you bring back and it will be deducted from your debt. Yeah. Which remind us, what is our total debt? 28,000 gold pieces. Good lord. Lord. Oh, what? <laughs> Basically... That was the amount she decided it was worth it to stop blackmailing Kay's brother. Yeah, to leave the fan- Kay's brother alone and the, the and the family and like all of that garbage that was going on. Sorry, guys. Yeah, so she was like, "Oh, I created a problem for you, and then I solved it, and now you have to pay me." It's like retroactive blackmail. <laughs> yeah, kinda. It's like yeah, a bribe bribe payments to her to prevent future blackmail. Very. Yeah. Because Kay's brother left town, system. right? Didn't he? So she can't blackmail him again. You know what we should just do instead? Kill her. Yeah. Same, 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 same. Jakes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's see about the birds first. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like trying to get whole birds is easier than, like, wandering the jungle constantly to try to find somewhere that they dropped some feathers. Like, I, I we don't have a way to, like, get like i mean if we attack them i don't know if we have any ways to like get them knocked out so that we can take feathers but that also i i, I don't know i don't know what which is better or easier to do i think probably trying to just kill a couple birds we should try and take them alive don't you think they're worth more alive i i we don't know what she's gonna do with them <laughs> i mean she'll probably kill them which is what we're gonna do anyway yep if we take them alive that we have to keep them alive. We have to keep them alive, and the whole time that we are bringing them back and they feel in danger, they can continue trying to attack us and use that mm-hmm. spell on us. We have to keep knocking them out without killing them, which I don't yeah. know how you knock a bird out. Unless we decide to craft adorable little like falconry helmets that we put over them so they don't know where they are. You know? That's not a terrible idea. <laughs> We can just shove them in someone's backpack. Do they cast the spell, that bright <laughs> light thing that they do? Do they do that out of their mouths? Is that what they do? Yeah. That's a so great we... question. I don't know if it's out of their mouths. I remember, I remember <laughs> them opening their beak and it was out of their mouth. I just remember them opening their so beak just... and they made a horrible sound. Right. They, I don't know where the colors are. They, they scream when they're startled, like you do. <clears throat> same, same. And then it just says... They can unleash a vivid cone of clashing colors. It doesn't say from whence the colors come, so it's up to you. <laughs> it's up to us as as the DMs. We get to decide. No, as the I observers feel like their wings the make more sense, like flapping, because that's where the colored bits are. It could be something cool, like a bird of paradise, when they do their like crazy hey. mating dances, and there's like nothing, and they open their wings, and there's like crazy patterns, and that's just like where the color spray suddenly comes out from. Oh, I like that. 
like the equivalent of like a moth like opening its wings and having like eye spots. Yeah. That's that's it's, dope. Yeah, it's it's aposomatic coloration in the most active way possible. The colors <laughs> fly out at you. Yeah. Yep. This bird I've I've um appeared on several D D talk podcasts and I always bring the Coralax, even though you guys didn't know what it was called yet. I always bring that as my like monster I really love because it sure seems like somebody was either just like paying attention to things in nature or maybe knew a little bit because the episomatic coloration and the color spray thing in this monster stat block just fits so nicely. So yeah, a little bit of science makes your monster spicier. All right, so do we have a plan of attack, literally? Mm, yeah. Going in guns blazing well, and shoot them out of the sky? Are we, well, so are we trying to, are we going to, for killing? Are we going for trying to catch them alive, or are we trying to just get feathers? I, my vote is killing. I don't care either way. I just, Those... like, want to bring something back to her. For out of simplicity, my, I mean, my vote is probably killing also. Okay, let's shoot them out of the sky. Hey, bird owner in the group. Uh-huh. How oh. do you feel about this? <laughs> she gave us this quest. What? What? No, he's talking to Nadia, who has oh, an, yeah, uh, yeah. an eagle animal yeah, companion. <laughs> I am. I would never break the first, fourth wall, Kay. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Cedric, you Sorry. don't have the fourth wall. <laughs> I just... I just, it's the, it feels a little bit, like, that's, that's where I've lived for a long time now, and I know a lot of people who maybe wouldn't be thrilled with, like, killing a bunch of birds. Um, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not super sure, I'm not super sure all my friends would be on, on, on board with it. Okay, but I think our options are we kill these birds or we get killed when we get back into town. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, is there, would it be, so Nadia, are you saying, would it be better if we were able to non-lethally knock them out or catch them to just remove feathers so that they are are left alive, but we take feathers back instead? I mean, or do you I, know of a way? I feel like we could, I feel like we could figure out feathers, yeah. I mean, sometimes they just drop them. Like, I, I just picked up a few when, when I when I first met you, because you said you wanted the, the red feathers. And she even, Did like, you... digs in her bag and, like, rummages around for a minute and sort of pulls out, like, sort of one and a half of these feathers that have clearly been in her bag with, like, the river stones and, and random trail mix that she's been collecting this whole time, and they're not looking great. But she's got, but she's got, she's got some. What, Nadia, do you, how, when you were living in the rainforest how often would you see these kinds of feathers like they're really bright so they must stand out but were they common or did you not run across them a lot i mean they're not like everywhere but like they're in the places where they where they congregate do you remember where you'd see these birds most often in the in the rainforest yeah i took you to one of them do they have like their roosting <laughs> are there a place are there any is there anywhere else that they visit like, so we have multiple locations we could check for them. Maybe even places that they like to go a lot, but aren't always there. Because then we could potentially find feathers and not even interact or dis interact with them or even disturb them. 
if there was like a place they go with like forage every day and then go back to where they roost. Do I do I know of any places like that or thinking um, of like macaws like gather on cliffs mm-hmm, and eat mm-hmm. clay off of cliffs, but it's not where they live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um give me another nature check to see if you can remember that. Right. Well that one's a twelve. Okay. So you're not they don't really, as far as you know, like forage in like specific places. Like you see these birds flying around all the time. I'm going to take inspiration from the parrots that I saw with Nancy in the rainforest. They always fly very high and scream while they go, but like, (laughs) it's hard to like see where they settle or like, you're not really aware of like, you know, specific places where they might be foraging. You know about the nest sites because those are a little more obvious because they're very loud and, you know, there are nests and things in the trees, but yeah. If so, in the Amazon, so we were in the cloud forest, but in the cloud but in the Amazon, there's actually like specific places that you can go to look for parrots. Nice. Um, those are the clay licks and they're generally by the side of the river and you get there like really early in the morning before the parrots get there to see them because you don't want to scare them. And then you like sit there quietly while they come down, they like lick the clay and then they're gone again by like nine o'clock in the morning. Kay would not know any of that, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But Nancy, who does tours in the jungle does. Just some birds eating dirt. Qui-Gon would like to remind you that you have a second chance and yeah, you you have a second chance on a roll. So anyway, considering the fact that we are traveling on a river and there are parrots, I'm assuming we could probably find some on a clay lake along the river, and they usually visit the same ones every day. Oh, that river has been quite literally hot garbage for the last few months, so maybe their usual behaviors are a little disrupted. And also, if you're, you know, licking the dirt on, you know, the river edge, where would the feathers fall? very close to the river but not in the river (laughs) yeah like the places that i've at least gone in to go see them it's like it's like been hollowed out a little bit and there Mm -hmm. is like bank to the river it doesn't go like a sheer cliff face into the river hollowed out from all the parrots looking um (laughs) how many licks does it take to get to the center of a riverbank (laughs) Where's the center of the riverbank, Peter? It's a I feel like that's a philosophical question. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so they're not at this roosting place during the day, right? They're out doing whatever it is they're doing. So we can at least go there, look for feathers there, right? So I do have a few other spells that could be useful. So I could make three of us sort of hide so like they couldn't see us for a little while. So like if we got close and then just wanted to like run in and, and get stuff. I I I do also have options to to like calm a few animals down like in an area or or and this one's and this one's kind of iffy, but I could potentially like either like sort of put them in a trance or or um or or make one like stay still but those are also that they they'd have a chance to to not do that because they're pretty they're they're pretty strong little birds (laughs) 
Worth a shot. I think, yeah, I think we should go there and like see if we can find feathers, see if we can find them. And then, you know, if we're having trouble finding feathers, then come up with a plan B, whether it be trapping them or, or killing them. Okay. Okay. And if we're going for non lethal, I can prepare some of my spells to be. So I have flare and daze, which if we're close to the birds and anything's going wrong, I can try to like basically just stun them so they don't do anything. So like they don't try to hurt us and we don't need to hurt them. And if we're getting somewhere that we think they may be nearby, Nadia, since you have those feathers, I can, you know, get ready to basically, you know, cast a lot of locate object spells to see if I can sweep around and see if we find some place that there seems to be a lot of feathers going on or that may help us like lead us to where the birds are so we can if we're since we're trying to go the feather route and not hurt the birds yeah 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 we could try those this is why i wanted to do this ahead of time because then you can switch around your spells for what you want to do for me at least a dumb (laughs) wizard (laughs) i've got a bow of some sort that's that's the extent of my capabilities (laughs) a twangy stick I got a twangy stick <laughs> and some eyes. Those are my plans. Mm. <laughs> Ryan is so disappointed in me. <laughs> Any um, other planning? Uh, on the road? I, so this is like a multiple day trip, right? Yeah, you are spending five days fast traveling between the goblin encampment and where I'm plopping you down in the rainforest. So while we're doing that, I will take the feathers that Nadia has already collected. Nadia, if that's all right, can I have them? Thank you. And I will cast Make Whole on all of the feathers to restore them. It's, it's, it's like mending, yeah. except it completely repairs an object made of any substance, even one with multiple breaks, to be as strong as new. Really? Does not restore the magical ad- abilities of a broken magic item, and it cannot mend magic. Yeah, it does not repair items that have been warped, burned, disintegrated, ground to powder, melted, or vaporized. <laughs> wow, that's extreme. Um, yeah. <laughs> the spell does not repair items that have been warped, burned, disintegrated, ground to powder, melted, or vaporized. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure what warped means. If right. Because, or... like, that sounds like, like heat. Yeah, that's not like, like wood or metal, like physically, mm-hmm. like, yeah. like temperature warping. I don't know why that would be a. These would just be like, they got messed part, up. Part of it's missing, that's pack. fine. But if it's bent out of shape. Yeah, that does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's really weird. Yeah. Um, sure, I'll let you do it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Okay. You have to cast it once for each feather, but it's a level two spell and you've got five days, so. Yeah. Cool. Lucky you, I'm not um, <laughs> monster encounters at you in the middle of all that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a make whole spell, right? Like, so if it's warped, it is already technically whole uh, and complete. Yeah. So maybe maybe that means that the feather that Nadia said she had one and a half, so maybe the half becomes <laughs> whole, but it's still real scraggly looking. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Technically, it's all still there. It's just, you know, weird looking. Uh, make... It has multiple breaks. Make a wisdom <laughs> check for me, Cedric. 
since that's your speciality your casting ability i mean i feel like because sort of the way that feathers are especially flight feathers are structured like they sort of you can do the thing where you can sort of just pull on them and they'll straighten back up unless a piece is actively missing because it's got the little yeah or they that's a nat make them nat one for a total of four <laughs> Oh boy. Okay, yeah. So you make it whole again, but there's script. Wait, no, use gonna... the save. Oh yeah, that's oh, you have, can I re-roll? <laughs> we have three. Wow. Y'all suck. I was real I was real excited <laughs> about the net one. Right. I rolled another net one! <laughs> use another save! Yes. <laughs> yes. Dice tell a story. Do you want to use another one? Use another we have three saves. Oh use my god, one. you guys, oh it's god. gonna be another net one. I mean, the last time I used a, a re-roll, I got two ones in a row. Oh my god. Do you, you want to use another one or not? Peter, I what do, is happening? I do, gosh. You do? That's four in a row, or three in a row! <laughs> oh, that's just, like, not. That's, Quit. I'm that's going not home. possible. That's not possible. It's not probable. Peter, my birthday is until next week. Thank you. <laughs> and this is roll 20. It's not like I'm using a weird <laughs> way to dice. Oh my god, this is making another second chance. Oh my god. Oh my god. I can't. That's. It's okay, Peter. You're just cursed. (laughs) Yep. Yep. All right. I'm going to just roll another dice in net 20 just to double check everything. This is not rolling for any any part of the game. I just need need to clear clear this out. Yeah. That's a three. Oh. Okay. Yeah, just on a regular D20. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if I could burn this dice, I would. But it's your computer. Yep. Solid. Uh yeah. yes, you make that half a feather a whole feather and they are scraggly and <laughs> muddy and kind of all, you know, all the little barbels on the feathers are just kind of like, you know. You've seen feathers that have been like tromped on through the mud before. They're gross. These are Better's like going to be tromped on through the mud very soon. <laughs> These are like nominally red. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that hurts. <laughs> love really good game. use of our rerolls. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Anything else? You were just um, going to good silently. <laughs> I'd like to. Uh, I have another question for Nadia. Um, do you remember so when you'd see the birds and you knew you know you didn't mess with them and you didn't do anything to them or their eggs, but did you see anything in their nests? Like, did they? I know a lot of other common birds use a lot of their own feathers in their nests, and so those could be places where there could just be a lot of red feathers potentially lining nests of the birds. So Cheryl, my thinking here is there's a chance that she has seen into the nest purely like from a distance because she, again, would have learned not to mess with the nests because she has been very like survival oriented most of this time. (laughs) And once she learned that something doesn't like something, she doesn't do it again. So maybe overflying, she might have seen some of the nests and seen in them. Yeah, I think. um... Yeah, because being around and not being aggro. Like do you be like you right. figure you could kind of like coexist around the birds because you yeah. would you never did anything to them anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that you would have seen in their nests, and your perception is really good. I think uh, Nadia and Fletcher both make 
another nature check. Because I like how you're thinking about this, but what? 21! 21. Must be nice. <laughs> There's a 1 in there. Um, the previous one was a 7, and now this one's a 17. It's much better. Thank you. Cool. Are, are we trying to determine if it's only the female that has input into building the nests? Mm, that could be part of it, maybe. <laughs> I have a 14. Okay, so... Yeah, like, you're aware that in some bird species, the female would be doing a lot more of the feather putting in of the nest than the male. Some bird species, the males help build the nest. But more importantly, the feathers that would be being put in to line the nest are like the soft, like, under feathers, right? And your impression was, although maybe I didn't say it explicitly, but like... If she wants feathers, you're assuming, I think we talked about this way long time ago in episode whatever that was, that, like, they want, like, the nice, the feathers, you know, like, you could put in a hat or something like that, right? So not the downy ones, but the, you know. The like long the, wing the flight feathers. feathers. Or the, yeah, the, you know, the over feathers. Yeah, yeah the flight feathers. Yeah, no, usually it's, it's the, the soft ones that they put in the nest because they're soft, you know? How do you think this woman wouldn't be so picky? She wants something so rare. <laughs> she doesn't sound like a very Knowledgeable? reasonable kind of person. No. No, yeah. I think that's a fair assessment. She wants a lot from you. Seems like a lot. Yeah, kind of. And she's threatening to hurt you or someone else if she doesn't get it. Yep, that about sums it up. I don't expect people like that to really think about things like, you know, how 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 like animals do stuff, that that kind of thing. It just doesn't seem like something that maybe she would bother with. Yeah, probably not. I mean, she's probably never even seen the birds alive, I'm guessing. Yeah. She's probably she just wants what she wants and probably doesn't even comprehend that it's like coming out of a living thing. Yeah. Because, like, sometimes there'll be people that come through, like, hunting and stuff, and they don't, they don't usually seem like they know or care a whole lot. You know, like, like, Mofok didn't care at all about what he was doing. So there's a lot of people like that, especially, especially, especially now. There weren't before, but, but there have been more coming. And, you know, mostly, mostly that forest is sort of hard enough for them to, to get around and that they don't do a whole lot. But you know, with time where people come in and try stuff, I guess. Well, we'll we'll try to do this as gently as possible to not not harm anything. We'll just see how it goes, I guess. Yeah, to be honest, if it's like comes down to some birds or the lives of my friends and family, like I will definitely murder those birds. To be honest, that's where my priorities are. I get it out there. Okay, it's just you might have to you might have to sort of talk to some people about that. That's fine. Because there's some people around that really wouldn't like if they didn't know why. Like I think we could I think we could maybe convince them, but like I'm just saying the birds will definitely defend themselves, but there might also be other people who want to defend those birds. They can come with us and then they can sacrifice their lives to the greedy bitch. We can talk about it. <laughs> All right. I feel like at this point, Cedric's like, guys, guys, I repaired, I repaired one of the feathers. And you turn around and he's got like blood coming out of like, both of his nostrils. 
Like, what happened to you? Are you dying that feather red with your own blood? I, I don't know what you're talking about. I've been working on this for two days. It's oh no, Look, perfect. It's whole again. It just grew I mean, now, back. Now we have two feathers. That's 50, 33 percent. It's more than we had before. <laughs> that is true. Let's go see if we can find more. Okay. So is that everything you wanted to do slash talk about on the walk? All right. Then we will fast forward to the now, which is you have finally in earnest returned to the Napuvzuv, the lush rainforest that Nadia has called home for so long. But... Before we get back into the action of the story, I just need to tell y'all that I got schooled on rainforests during my trip with Nancy. <laughs> when I originally designed the Nubpoof Zoov, I based it off of the rainforest that most of us are probably a little bit familiar with, at least the Amazon. But Nancy and I agreed that we should have a discussion about all of the different kinds of rainforest because... What I experienced in Ecuador was, in fact, a rainforest, but I was on the opposite side of the mountains from the Amazon. And it's very different. So maybe we could start with what exactly makes something a rainforest? Yeah, the bell. It's bad. <laughs> I bought it. I'm going to use it. <laughs> what makes something a rainforest? Literally the amount of rain it gets. So that there's like <laughs> there's like rainforests in Canada. They're just temperate rainforests and tropical rainforests. So the reason they're called tropical rainforests is because they're between the, the tropics of Cancer and the tropics of Capricorn. And then so then like our rainforests here are tropical rainforests because of where they are on the earth and the amount of rain that they're getting. But there's also rainforests in Australia. That's actually where I learned most of my rainforest ecology. Oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> in Lamington National Park, uh, just north of Brisbane, I think it's I think it's north of Brisbane in Queensland, at least in the Queensland state, in the northeastern part of Australia. Okay, so like so, the cloud forest that you visited, Cheryl, that gets eight feet of water a year. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> so like two Cedrus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. Accurate. <laughs> Slightly less than two centrics. <laughs> I was there in the rainy season, and all of the pictures of me that I put in that video this week, my hair is just like stringy because it was <laughs> always raining. <Wet>. <laughs> I did warn you of that. I was like, November is the rainy season. And you're like, what does that mean? I'm like, it rains. <laughs> I didn't say, what does that mean? I know what the rainy season means. I happen to be an ecologist. Anyway, yeah, so differences between the different kinds of rainforest. So the tropical rainforest, the Amazon that we all think of is like I described before, but some of the differences that I was made aware of in the cloud forest, uh, honestly, like low-key think the cloud forest is better because there weren't nearly as many like biting bugs and I didn't have to take medications for exciting tropical diseases and stuff like that. So, you know... Like, the cloud forest is definitely like the in like the introduction to the rainforest. It's not hot because you're at altitude. You get all the crazy diversity that you would in the rainforest, and there's none of the tropical diseases. So convenient, really. I liked it. 
has anybody else been to any kind of rainforest before? I mean, I I think I technically live in a temperate rainforest, so I got that. I think so. In, the... in Pennsylvania, yeah, it's it's a rainforest. Oh, I'm talking about in the the Appalachia, in the southern oh. Appalachians, in the Blue Ridge. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, your your area of the Appalachians, I think definitely. Really? Yeah, because which which side of the divide are you on? The east side. Okay, because I feel like that may be a little bit more in the rain shadow, but yeah. Now, see, I was aware that the like the Pacific Northwest was a rainforest, but I didn't yeah. realize that like the southern or the southeastern United States had rainforest in it. That's interesting. Yeah, according to Wikipedia, eastern Kentucky, southwestern Virginia, western North Carolina, the tip of South Carolina, northern Georgia, northern Alabama, and eastern Tennessee. Uh, an annual precipitation of more than 60 inches. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. The Southern Appalachian Spruce Fir Forest. Hmm. Okay. So, where, if you live on the East Coast, your Christmas trees come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Appalachians are famous for the diversity of salamanders that you can find. No, no. Hmm? No, no. The Appalachians are famous for the diversity there it is. of salamanders. When I grew up, we said it differently. But anyway. Yeah, but the salamanders are in the Appalachians. The northern, you can call the northern mountains whatever you want, but the salamanders are down south. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the, like, the fun fact I learned was that my part of that mountain range in Pennsylvania was where the, mm. like, the highest diversity of salamanders anywhere was. Maybe I'm misremembering that, but I feel like there's... Now we need to look it up. Something about salamander oh diversity. So... Salamander throwdown. The, uh... <laughs> the Appalachians... The Appalachians get a lot of credit for, for salamanders, but they're also one of the most diverse places in the world for uh, crayfish because you've got mm. like the Appalachians, which are – sorry, my cat is eating something. Um, <laughs> you've got the oldest mountain range in the world, right? And it's also really close to the coast, so you get – instead of like the whole western part of the United States basically, you know, or the central part drains into one watershed right so all the rivers are connected through the mississippi right so any critter that lives in one part of you know central illinois or whatever can move down the mississippi and then move back up you know and end up in montana or something like that but you've got so many short little tiny watersheds on the eastern side of the appalachians that aren't connected and are se- are isolated by the salt water because they all lead into the ocean you know, you can have rivers, you know, in the same state that are completely isolated if you're an animal that only lives in the water. So things like crayfish, there's a lot of like weird little relic populations. That's crazy. That's cool. When I was living in the Quad Forest, we'd wake up early to go see the cock of the rock, which is like a which is like a big red bird that squawks, kind of not dissimilar to the big red bird we about have to go face. Anyway, so on the walk up there, we pass one of like little streams and literally at like 6,000 feet above sea level, there are like crabs in the rainforest, which blew my mind. I guess I don't like, it wasn't like on the Amazon river or anything. So I guess I was just shocked to see crabs just like walking around on the trail. It is the the perfect end stage evolution of organisms, right? So yeah, right. <laughs> so apparently, Tennessee and South Carolina tie with the most of states with the most salamander species. Fifty seven species in Tennessee wow. and South Carolina. Virginia has fifty one, and Georgia has fifty five. Nice, very cool. 
So that's one thing that I thought was really interesting is that I've seen salamanders in the Amazon, but I've never seen salamanders in the Western cloud forest. Yeah, no, we didn't see. And I ask people about them and they're like, what are you talking about? They're like, you mean lizards? I'm like, no, I definitely don't mean lizards. I definitely mean salamanders. And I have like a reptiles and amphibians book of Mindo, specifically where Cheryl's background picture is from. And there's not a single salamander in that book. So weird, huh? Yeah, we saw quite a few frogs and the lizards, but yeah, no salamanders. Hmm. Other thoughts on rainforests, how rainforests are different. Um, so the cloud forest, as you can see in Cheryl's background picture, has the clouds behind it, which is how those cloud forests support so much biodiversity, because you can host a lot more epiphytes and you can host a lot more like stuff living in the canopy because the clouds come and bring the moisture into those higher areas, like I, I don't strata, strata, strata in the forest. I don't actually remember the technical <laughs> term. <laughs> the different height points of trees and stuff. I'm an ecologist, she says. So as you get up higher in the cloud forest, you'll see that there's a lot more density of epiphytes, um, bromeliads, air plants, orchids, etc., that are in the canopy, which in turn gives a lot more habitat for like little frogs and insects and stuff that would be laying their eggs or utilizing that space. So that's why the cloud forest is one of the most biodiverse regions in the ever in the world, (laughs) but a lot of work hasn't been done there. So I think that's one thing that's a little bit frustrating is because everyone's like, I've heard of the Amazon. So they go to the Amazon. And I know like when you read every textbook, they're like, the Amazon isn't very well studied, but we all in Ecuador talk about how the Amazon is like overstudied. And a lot of these other rainforests are just completely forgotten. So the area that Cheryl went to, Mindo, where that picture is from, is part of the Choco Andean corridor, which comes down down through the northern section of Ecuador and then towards the coast, so towards the west. And it's considered to be one of the most biodiverse areas and really important for species migration, but it's basically not studied at all, which is really unfortunate. We took so many pictures of different moths while I was there because we light trapped like every night and I started putting them on iNaturalist and like didn't get very far into doing that when I was like, I bet a lot of these don't have names at all. Which is kind of cool and also a weird feeling. But yeah, the epiphytes in the clouds. Um, when you first arrived at the Hudna Zoo in episode 15, um, I did describe plants on plants on plants. But I was just really, like, I knew what epiphytes were. But I was blown away in the cloud forest by the fact that, like, you couldn't see the trees because of all of the plants living on them. Like, literally every inch of the tree, the bark, was covered in moss or whatever And that was just really amazing to me. So yeah, the way the plants cooperate and or compete for space there was really exciting. And we talked about that too, right? Because you were like, oh, at what point do they stop being commensal and start like harming the tree? Tree. And you can see that struggle there. So um, the guava tree, like in the English, what we call guava in English. um, And then there's another tree as well that the bark actually falls off the tree. It like comes off like paper. And the idea is like when the epiphytes land on it, eventually the bark just sheds off like paper and takes all the epiphytes down with it. So they're generally called like the cleanest trees in the rainforest. And 
I think that's just like a really neat example because like in the textbooks, right? You always read how these epiphytes are commensalists. They don't hurt the tree, but they get really heavy. And when you have all of them, they do break branches and they do make the tree heavier. So in windstorms and stuff, they're more likely to fall over. And so you can definitely see how maybe that isn't necessarily true with some of these adaptations that other plants have to be able to just get rid of them. Hey, Nancy, are you familiar with the Hotel Zerake in Ecuador? I am. I'm not familiar with that one. Do you know what side of them? Do you know where it is? No, I have no idea. But apparently there's a salamander named after it that occurs in Ecuador. <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it must be on the east I'm not side. saying that there aren't salamanders. Like I see salamanders in the Amazon, but. It's in Santo Domingo. Oh, that's on the western side of of the cloud forest. It's actually not that far from where yeah. Cheryl was. I was going to another... say, I was like, that town sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. We didn't we didn't pass through it. So we went where we went to Pedro San Pedro or Pedro Vicente Maldonado. It's like the next big town mm-hmm. after that. So we we're pretty close. It's the halfway point between the cloud like between Quito and the coast. Yeah. And just under the cloud forest and the weird transition that we don't have a name for. <laughs> huh. So I so Cheryl mentioned iNaturalist. So immediately I went to iNaturalist and I looked up all the salamanders in Ecuador yeah. and there's like a north-south divide. Like there's no looks like there's no salamander records. Not that iNaturalist is very whatever. There there aren't any salamander records like below the center of the country, like below Ambato, basically south. Mm-hmm. There's none. But there's some in the eastern part, like around Santo Domingo and some in the eastern part. Yeah, in the lowlands, you can find them. So Santo Domingo is like out of the cloud forest, a little bit lower. And then on the eastern side, again, once you get past like, uh, once you get like past Papayacta, which is like an hour outside of Quito towards the the eastern side, then it starts getting flat again and you find salamanders down in the Amazon there. Um, When you get south in the country... So south in the country to the west is dry. It ha- it's dry forest and then gets to desert at the tip of the country because it's like borders right next to Peru. And then on the eastern side is the Yasuni and lots of tropical, like lots of Amazon on that side. But a lot of it, like there aren't a lot of lodges and there's not really ways to get into that. There's still some uncontacted tribes that live there uh, and like communities. So that's not really where like a lot of like the researchers or the scientists would go. And most of the researchers go to that center part of the country in the antenna, which is in the middle of the Yasuni, which is the most studied area. So that's probably why you're seeing that, that weird divide. The country has weird weather patterns. <laughs> um, so one of the things that's really cool about Ecuador is that we do get rainforest on both sides of the mountain. And I think a lot of people are surprised because like Peru and Chile is desert on the western side but so you have the trade winds that come in from the east which is how you get the amazon on the eastern side of the continent well the eastern side of ecuador (laughs) and then on the northwest section of ecuador you have the humboldt current coming up which is the cold water and then you have a current that comes from panama and hits it basically right off the coast of ecuador towards the northwest And that creates its own weather pattern that pushes winds west to east, which is backwards. And then the Andes run down the middle of Ecuador. So that's how you get rainforest in the northwest section, which is like basically unstudied. No one goes to the coast. (laughs) Geology. It's important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go visit Nancy. Nancy, learn about these things. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say that that like the desert on the west side 
what I, there's like that's exactly all that you know that we saw when i was in peru mm-hmm. you're just like it's like desert dry and then then we went east and went around like machu picchu and you're and you're suddenly in like eastern side and rainforests and epiphytes and like everything every square inch of everything covered in bryophytes and all kinds of awesome things and just like just it, like that transition is is so cool but like that weird that like weird little like uh like uh weather pattern anomaly is so cool <laughs> it yeah gives you it's on a- both sides it, like people always are because you're always taught like mountains there's a rain shadow it's like one's one side is dry one is wet it's like except when there's these weird little things that happen yeah like cheryl definitely saw that because we came down the western side of ecuador right so that's how the cloud forest exists in the western side of ecuador because like Mm -hmm. once the weather pattern makes its own wind things that go west right so all the rain happens on the coast and then it gets pushed up the mountain and then all the rain falls out so our range are, we don't really have a rain shadow in the Northwest section of Ecuador. Uh, it's just like you get high enough in elevation that the clouds don't have water anymore because <laughs> it all fell out of them. So, but yeah, it was like really cool. It's one of my favorite things about doing, about doing tours in Ecuador is like literally you start in Quito and it's dry, there's cactus, there's agave. And then like 40 minutes outside this, out of the city, you're like, oh, it's green and there's pasture and there's like trees. And then literally like 20 minutes below that, it's like rainforest. <laughs> it just like smacks you in the face. Yeah. It was pretty incredible to sort of like, like do an incremental, you know, down and then back up the elevation to see the different then- vegetation. Uh, so people here speculate that the cloud forests are actually more biodiverse in the Amazon because you get more like elevational gradients and like elevational stopping points. So like, for example, there's 130 ish species of hummingbirds from Ecuador and in the cloud forest, like one of the lodges, like there are 30 species just like in Mindo. And as you go up, as you go up, you get different species of hummingbirds. Like Cheryl and I, we went from like Mindo to Bella Vista, which is only, was only about like an hour in the car. And there were completely different species yeah. up there. And sometimes even 600 meters is the difference between finding a species and not finding a species. So you have all these like little kind of like biological islands on all these different mountains, on all these different elevational points. And there's, again, they're not well studied. So like, yeah, sure. The Amazon right now is the most biodiverse. I feel like it's the argument between beetles being the most biodiverse and wasps being the most biodiverse. So there's probably way more wasps, but no one studies them. So beetles claim it right now. I feel like that's the same thing. Like the cloud forest, I think is actually way more diverse. It's just the Amazon is better studied. So all of you aspiring scientists out there, mm-hmm. go help study the cloud forest. Well, and on a slightly more depressing note, mm. uh, the one thing that I do know a good deal about as far as rainforests are concerned is basically just how badly they are affected by anthropomorphic climate change. Because you've got all of those little islands that are all very specific and all very location specific. So the reason you've got you know completely different things at different elevation levels is because of temperatures and the temperatures and the climatological I can't remember words today, but the specific, the specific kinds of weather that you get in each place are specific to that spot. And all of those things are dependent upon that same very unique weather pattern to survive. And so if, for instance, the, you know, the ocean currents that cause that unique convergence of those two currents 
were to change enough, then suddenly that would change. And then because you've got this extremely dense area with the plants on plants on plants, that means it is a very delicate balance. And so you've got all of these all of these plants and all of these creatures with these very careful sort of checks and balances to make sure that everything can coexist together. And all it takes is you get, it gets a little too hot for one of them, or it gets a little bit too dry for something. And then suddenly everything starts to fall out of balance. And the really tragic thing is not that we have all these things that haven't been studied, but the number that we suspect have already been lost, that have already gone extinct, that we didn't catch. Because yeah, there but- are very few places in the world like those parts of Ecuador where no one has gone and no one has messed with it other than maybe some indig- indigenous tribes that don't leave a large footprint. Um, so, yeah. so I know an entomologist who's actually currently in the Galapagos studying like the speciation of soil fauna, like soil insects. Mm. Oh, wow. Because they like went through the same kind of adaptive radiation to their different islands that the finches did, but like their soil insects, no one cares. Anyway, so for a while he was working. <laughs> they're that's so important. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but so we were talking because he, he was living in Quito and working around the cloth forest. And every time there's an area that was logged, he would just go there as quickly as possible and collect anything he possibly could to give it to one of the universities here, San Francisco de Quito, which which is like one of our universities actually does some entomological research because he was like, if we don't document it, it won't be here anymore. And especially in large areas of the cloud forest, because it's not the Amazon, it didn't get the same protection. So the Amazon is like federally preserved. It's the largest, the Yasuni is the largest protected park in, in Ecuador. Cuyobeno, I think is maybe the second. Cuyobeno is 5,900 kilometers of preserved, federally preserved space. There's nothing like that on the Western side that's protected. Everything that's protected, everything that Cheryl and I went to is all private. Like someone was like, I spent my retirement funds and bought this chunk of land so they can't mine on it. Like, oh, my grandfather, like several generations back, like my great grandfather had a hacienda here and it was logged. I let it grew back. I bought the 16 hectares. I'm doing like sustainable farming on the hill. And like letting the rest of it grow back. So one of it, a lot of it is secondary growth. This is and secondary two, it's not growth. federally protected. That this, that came back in 30 years was behind this Cheryl, is which is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Which gives me a lot of faith. Like if right. you give it yeah. a chance, it can yeah. come back and it comes back faster. That was than... the thing that really like surprised mm-hmm. me was so the first place we went, the gentleman has what was it 50 hectares in sort of like a long, mm-hmm. thin strip. And his neighbor has a long, thin strip of land that has been turned into cattle pasture. And the gentleman that we were staying with was talking about how much like effort and resources and expense his neighbor has to go through mm-hmm. to like basically keep the rainforest at bay so yep. that the cattle pasture stays pasture. And I was like, so like if you just stop doing that, it it it's kind of bag, back, yeah. which is really cool yeah. as like someone who works in restoration in North America, where like, man, you have to work so hard and it still doesn't wind yeah. up coming back. So, and I mean, nobody has studied this. We don't know if this is actually, you know, the same or whatever, but the, it speaking, looks of those Ameri- <laughs> speaking of those American temperate rainforests, you have both around Mount St. Helens and also mm-hmm. in Western North Carolina, these great success stories of growbacks. So North Carolina at least up around Mount Mitchell, had a pretty well-known issue with basically the the air pollution from further down the state was coming up and just killing off these trees. And there was this whole area that you 
you know, climb up to the top of Mount Mitchell and look out over just it. They look skeletal because there were just these white dead trees. And now you go up there and you can barely see them anymore. And that's just within certainly my lifetime, I think within the last 10 to 15 years, because I distinctly remember as a kid going up there and like, man, it looks so sad. But now like when I go up now, like it's green again, which is fantastic. But also around Mount St. Helens, you had a volcano, like the whole (laughs) side blew out of it. It just killed the shit out of everything Mm -hmm. for a good distance. And that's that's also a logging area. So they were really able to get a good look at how things were able to grow back. And in fact, have even changed their logging practices. If you go up there, there's still areas where they're clearly logging, but instead of doing one giant area, they do these long strips. So, and then immediately replant, but because they do a strip, that means that like the animals in the area can sort of get clear of it and then come back. And then the other like foliage can also grow back along with the new planted trees, which is which is good. It'd be better if they weren't logging at all, but at least they're trying to be responsible about it. There's a couple of things, if it's okay. <laughs> One, so here, Ecuador has 83 active volcanoes in it. So we are no strangers to volcanoes. And what's really interesting is the cloud forest on the Western side is really nutrient rich compared to a lot of other rainforests because of the volcanic ash blew West instead of East. So we have I think that may be part of the reason why that cloud floors could come back so quick is because of how nutrient rich the soil is. And then someone in the chat, Qui-Gon Bowers, it sounds like he said, it sounds like a good amount of the locals want to let it recover. And it really depends on where you are. So one of the farms that I go to on the coast, he, his plan was to just let it like, was just to make it a pig farm, a whole 16 hectares, but he got sick. And during the time that he was sick, the forest started to come back. And he was like, oh my God, actually, this is beautiful. Like, I didn't know. And then like worked in sustainability and like keeping it, keeping at least like he has five hectares that it's a sustainable farm and the rest of it, he let grow back. And Mindo, for example, the community has come together to let, to like do sustainable tourism, to do ecologists, to do birding tours, that kind of stuff. So you can definitely find patches of that, but like, especially I think on the Western side, of of Ecuador it has like a kind of more complicated indigenous history a lot of people have kind of a negative attitude toward the forest so sometimes educating people about the importance of the forest can be a little bit difficult and you see that specifically like I mean many of these practices have just been done for so long like pat like my dad the cattle farmer I will be a cattle farmer I have no experience doing anything else but some people like having negative attitudes to the forest. They're like, it's a pain in the ass. Like it's difficult. Like I have to fight against it to keep my cattle pasture and it's difficult. That's why we see a lot of the burning practices of various forests and agricultural land. Cause it really is just easier to burn it. And there aren't like lawnmowers here. So most people just machete it. So if you have the choice between like being out in the field, like for 12 hours, macheteing the growth or burning it, like it makes sense to burn it. But also a lot of people look at the forest and especially before there was such big push towards ecotourism and using Costa Rica as a model, it was the forest was deemed like wasted space and like wasted money, basically, because they're like you could log it and you could sell the, the logging. Once you've logged it, you can grow 
coffee or chocolate or cows or like whatever on it. So it really, it can be really difficult. And sometimes there's people in the same town that have completely different mentalities. Like the gentleman who we visited, Matthew, like you can definitely see like the attitude difference between the two, because he has like one little oasis of 50 hectares in tons and tons and tons of cattle farmland, full sun coffee, full sun chocolate and the heart of heart of palm. So it's complicated. There's a lot of social issues as well. It's like, everything's complicated, right? (laughs) On a brighter note. Yeah. So Cindy was talking about the regrowth in the Appalachians after acid rain was what was causing all those dead trees back when we were kids. You know, the, the millennials in the audience will remember mm-hmm. acid rain. It doesn't exist <laughs> acid anymore. Acid rain. Yeah, when yeah. that was the mm-hmm. thing that we were like, yeah. oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We fixed that that particular problem with coal uh, burning. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but they're so the Appalachians have regrown well in some areas, but there are un, unlogged parts of the Appalachians. If you want to see that, like Joyce Kilmer Forest is one of the forests in Western North Carolina where there is uh, areas that have never been logged. So, you know, it's not quite the redwoods, but it's the redwoods of the East Coast. You can see, you know, 400-year-old trees in the Appalachians, which are really impressive. So if you want to see a rainforest and you can't afford to go visit Nancy... Go to the southeastern United States or the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just stay away, away from the town I live in because we have too many people already. It's crap. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you just do a NIMBY? That's not what we're yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Other rainforest thoughts? It's okay. One more know. sort of hopeful aspect, I guess, is, you know, with the regrowth and one of the reasons that it really, really can be very important globally is because those rainforests, because again, there's just such a dense collection of plant life. They're actually really, really good natural carbon sinks. And that's one of the reasons you'll see a lot of activism, especially around the areas of the like South and Central American rainforests that are being burned is because that is not only like, it's not only putting a lot of carbon into the air, but it's also taking away the tools that we have to counteract increased carbon in the air mm-hmm. they're good for all kinds of reasons they're very good and there's so yes. much cool stuff it's 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 one of those things you don't have to think about very long before you start considering like how many species of bugs are just out there that we haven't discovered yet and again like you were saying like going through the going through just a little tiny piece of it and seeing moths and going these may not have ever been logged before mm-hmm so I really was cool. the only non-entomologist giving a giving a <laughs> look at all the cool bugs plug. Yes. <laughs> Genuinely, it's just because because like you consider how many species of bugs we already know about, and that's not remotely all of them. It's not even close. And just as just just from a really basic scientific perspective, it's just there's so much more out there, just like what's in the oceans, just like you know, what's in remote places that we just don't, we haven't spent a lot of time with places that are hard for humans to get around in, which by definition, extremely dense, highly populated <laughs> forests are hard for humans to get around in. Oh, darn, something we can't just walk into and conquer. It's great. I'm sorry. Did you say rainforests are hard to walk through? It makes notes. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think the other thing that was interesting, because Nancy mentioned how, like, the attitudes of the locals toward the forest vary quite a bit, and she and I talked in long car rides about, like, how conservation works, and the fact that all of the people in the cloud forest, like, all of that preserved land like we went on a hike to a waterfall and that entire area was preserved by a private family or whatever like the best way to promote conservation of places like the cloud forest is actually ecotourism because if you go there and you pay the wages of someone local to like take you on a hike to look for birds or whatever then they realize that the forest has a value as it is and that it isn't just wasted space and so I felt like my vacation was good. (laughs) That's what we're all about here. (laughs) But that's also why, like, I feel like a lot of people come to Ecuador and they're like, oh, uh, it's Ecuador. It should be really cheap. Mm. My tours, like, are not cheap because it's important to me to pay everyone who lives there, whose property we go on, et cetera, et cetera, fair or even maybe a little bit more than what they would get from logging it down, because that's how you do conservation, at least here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's how you do conservation anywhere. It's just that in some places you've actually got corporate interests with big money who are willing to do it, whereas in other places you has to be every person on the ground doing it. Yeah. We've got a moment if anybody has final rainforest thoughts and then we can take a break. And then when we get back, we'll play some D&D instead of just talking about what to do with birds. (laughs) Any final rainforest thoughts? No? All right, then we will go on a break, go get a snack or whatever. And we will see you back here real soon. Thanks, everybody. Well, hello there, young adventurer. I've been waiting for you. We've met before, don't you remember? Ah, no worries. I'm quite forgetful myself. The other sparks are waiting for you. Leviath, Shuey, Theo, and Brandy. They've had such wonderful tales to tell. A truly marvelous story. I wonder which one of them will be the chosen one. Perhaps none of them will. Perhaps it will be you. The morning's coming soon. I have to leave now. Will I see you again? I sure hope so. Is a story really a story if there's no one to tell it to? Well, goodbye for now, adventurer. Chosen Ones is a visual novel-style D&D podcast on YouTube that releases every Thursday at 1pm CST. Find us on Twitter at Chosen Ones D&D. Come adventure with us. And we're back! Hello, everyone! Took a break. Talked about putting tuna and ramen. <laughs> and <The> stuff. <laughs> I'm mad I don't have any tuna now. <laughs> Is that what you were pacing <laughs> back and forth? Anyway, uh, <laughs> we're back. We're still checking all my different tuna cabinets. Mm. <laughs> so you find yourselves back beneath the towering trees of the rainforest, surrounded by lush vegetation and the sounds of insects, birds, and dripping water. The colors here are so much more vibrant than many parts of the desert and the grasslands where you were that your minds are mildly shocked, forcing you to take a few moments to just look. Everybody make a perception check for me. Sure, I'll roll real good on this. Except for Peter. Peter, don't do it. Uh, I also rolled a nat one, so, you know, we're in good company tonight. Oh, boy. 17. 22. Five. (laughs) 
Well, I have a plus seven modifier, so ten. Okay, right. That's exactly what you needed. So Fletcher is, Fletcher, what are you doing that you're not paying a lot of attention right now? Probably looking really hard at everything around me because I've like had time to study the book, see all these other ecosystems. So now it's like, it's getting to return here. I'm like, like seeing more new things to like write down about and do all of that. Like, or like things I didn't see before, but I've read about the book and now I can look at. So probably just not paying attention to anything else. Super. He's thinking super of his relatable. imminent fame from all right. these papers he's going to write. Yeah, super relatable. But everybody else, in amongst the general noise of the rainforest, and it is noisy, you, as you're walking, you hear the sound of a pair of wings much closer to you than all of the other stuff you're hearing. And Nadia, you feel just a real quick like tap on your shoulder. And I look. Is it is it someone I know? You look around and you don't see anything. But if you are sort of like looking in the direction of where you heard the wings go, you hear this like, Psst. yeah, I'll I'll sort of y'all will see me trying to be subtle about it, <laughs> but I definitely will be sort of going that way. Fletcher won't. He didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're splitting off from the group. Yeah. How far away from them are you going? Um, not super far because I don't want I don't want them getting lost. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust them alone. You're away something. for two minutes and we're like eating mm-hmm. these berries and you're like, no. Looking you frogs. Leave, you can't leave the children alone in the jungle. It's a bad idea. Peter's, Cedric's drinking the river water and licking yeah. a frog. <laughs> so yeah, if the two of you notice Nadia like like making a hard right kind of thing off of the path that you were taking and and like it looks like she's trying to put distance between you what are you gonna do uh nadia we going that way oh um uh just a second i think i i think i Uh, saw something over here just just no worries no worries we'll be right don't leave us behind though yeah oh i I won't i I definitely won't i definitely won't i think she has to pee we'll die out (laughs) <laughs> Speaking of, how <laughs> is it like fish pee? <laughs> Are you asking like if she has a cloaca? Pee? Are you yeah. is that what you're asking? <laughs> <laughs> um, amazing. Is that, is that um, too personal, Nadia? I'm sorry. <laughs> you put a little space between yourself and the rest of them, and just sort of like. You know, move off into the plants. Maybe there's a few big leaves kind of, you know, interposing themselves mm-hmm. between you and your friends. And eventually you hear that wing sound again and it sort of like hovers in front of your face and then Pluma appears. And like, you're familiar with this tactic. Yeah. She can turn herself invisible expecting. at will. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she's like, she she like buzzes upright in your face and is like, oh my gosh, it really is you. Hi! Hey, 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 um, is the water better? Have you seen? Have you been able to tell? Uh, I think we fixed it. Wait, really? Oh, yeah. um, we could go ask Vinka, uh, since she was the one that was being most affected, I guess, but I'm so glad to see you. You're okay. It's I so good so to see you. Are you okay? Is everyone else okay? Is anything else? Oh, yeah, um, everything's fine, I guess, but I was just okay. so worried you left and, like, yeah. we'd never gone that far. We had to go so far. Yeah? 
Yeah, went out in the desert. That was, that was rough. Oh, wow. That's... Yeah. Oh, I'm just, I'm so pleased. I'm so glad. And she, like, she's so much smaller than you, but she, like, like flies to your shoulder and gives you, like, as much mm-hmm, of a hug mm-hmm. as her little arms can do. Um, yeah. <laughs> are you going to... Do, do, do you, do you want to, do you want to meet them? Do you want to meet my new friends? They're a little weird. They're a lot weird. They're very weird. <laughs> So good at selling us. Thanks, friend. (laughs) (laughs) But for here, they're extremely weird. They're really big. They are. They're so big. But they they kept you safe, though, so... Yeah, I think I kept them safe, too, but it worked out real well. And they helped me fix the water. Oh, okay, sure, yeah. Yeah. Is she sort of, like... Like, lands on your shoulder and is, like, mm-hmm. doing her best to, like, hide herself behind, like, your neck and your head as uh-huh. you, like, walk back. Yeah, I sort everybody. of, I sort of, like, let my fin sort of flop over on that side so yeah. she can, like, yeah. And I, uh, I sort of come over, I sort of come over to the rest of you and for a minute it kind of looks like I'm maybe talking to, like, my own shoulder. <laughs> Judgment. Um, but, but, Yeah. I sort of walk over. I don't get like right up in the group, but I'm just like, "Hey, hey, guys! Um, this do I, um, this is one of my friends from here. Uh, this is this is this is Pluma, Pluma. This is this is uh, Cedric and Kay and Fletcher." You see the tiniest little hand reach out from behind Nadia's head and like wave at you, <laughs> like. Smaller than the Miriam. Small. Oh yeah, yeah. She's um, she's tiny, right? Uh, she's small, but like she's like you're you and she are both small creatures, but she's quite a bit smaller okay. than you are. And so yeah, she's like she's hiding behind Nadia, so she's quite small, definitely smaller than the Miriam, because the Miriam were like kind of in between two, Nadia and like two feet tall. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but she's like Fern Gully size. Almost, yeah. Not quite that Not small, because that would yeah. be tiny. She's, right. yeah, so she's, I guess it looks a little like sort of a toddler hanging out. Yeah. Sort of size comparison for me. Yeah. And she sort of peeks around, and you see this, like, I mean, it looks like a fairy. You know, little humanoid shape with these, like, beautiful iridescent wings out behind her and very delicate, you know, sort of thin limbs. She's, uh... Maybe slightly less solid looking than you would expect, but she does eventually sort of like peek out from behind Nadia's head and regard all of you. Any friend of Nadia's is a friend of mine. And I like walk forward, like my hand out. (laughs) (laughs) She sort of like takes a deep breath and like flies out from behind Nadia and goes to shake your hand. Thank you. He's nice. He's a healer. Oh, th- thank you for keeping my friends safe. Uh, she did more of that than I think I did. We'd have been real... Well, dead. some of us would have been dead without her. <laughs> <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> yes, she's very brave. Uh, and she said that you helped her fix the river? That is true. That, that is, is true. true. Yep. I get... Yep. You what? 
I Kayla like squats down. So she's like, I guess eye level with Cedric and Nadia and the fairy because she feels <laughs> a little bit weird being like, hello, friend. Yeah. <laughs> so she like squats. <laughs> um Fletcher. Does anybody besides Fletcher have knowledge planes? Good question. I don't think so. I do. You do. Okay. I do. Knowledge planes check, friends. Plus one modifier. Why even bother asking? He's just going to roll crap. So a two. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, I rolled a four with a plus <laughs> one, so a total of five. Heck yeah. <laughs> with my plus seven in planes, I got an 18. <laughs> okay. Nice. Um, Fletcher, you're looking at this small person as she's shaking hands with Cedric and Kay, and sort of you're scrutinizing the fact that she seems less solid. Like she's slightly transparent or translucent, and you get the impression that she might be a sylph and not a fairy. So that's a creature from the plane of air instead of a fairy. Uh, so, what exactly was wrong with the river? So, oh. so. It turns out that part of the river comes from, like, underground, and it ran under the desert, and then there was a really bad person who was, who was digging a bunch of stuff out of the ground out there that was really, like, it was, it was, like, some of it's, like, good stuff, but it was in with a bunch of bad stuff, and he was just dumping it right in that underground river, and that was what was coming out down here. It Oh man, there was an oasis out there, like right nearby, and it was so bad, and the animals there were so sick. That's very sad. Yeah, like it was, and there was a there was a, there was a there was a, a family out there that, like right where it hit, and they were, oh, they were really sick too, and then some somehow one of them became undead, and it was a whole thing. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully we, like we, I think we chased him off and we really screwed up his mind. So hopefully he can't go back and do anything else. Good. I managed, I managed to get, to get an earth elemental to come in and bust it up. Really? Oh. Yeah, there must have been one here, I guess. That's crazy. Yeah. That, that totally explains why you and I couldn't find anything, though. If it was underground, we didn't check there. No, it was really far away, though, too. It was so far. Oh, well. We had, to, we had to go a really long way and, like, out through a whole bunch of desert. And there were these weird mountains that, like, made it super windy. And But there's so many people out there, too. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of sad that you and I didn't try exploring farther. But also, it does sound like it was still really dangerous. So I'm It was really dangerous. It would have been really hard for us alone. Thank you all so much for uh, for helping for helping Nadia fix it. And then she like stops in the middle and is like, "Oh, geez, uh, Leafman is probably gonna want to know that you're back safe because he was worried yeah. too. I mean, yeah, like, you know, he never like says that he's worried, but he was worried. I can't worries. Yeah. Um. So she just like sort of like buzzes off in a direction, like assuming oh, she that y'all will follow. Yeah. Hey, it's like. I like start to go and, and like fully like take off and start following and mm-hmm. then kind of stop and turn. We can't fly. Right. right. Uh, she'll come back maybe. Okay. We'll see. It'll be fine. We can, I mean, we can keep moving. She'll be able to find us. For sure. She's yeah. very shimmery. I like her. Mm-hmm. She's great. 
She's also not from here. Yeah, Nadia, yeah, was she a sylph from the plane of air? Yeah, I guess so. So so I guess there's you from the plane of water, Pluma's from the plane of air, and in the mines you were able to bring that earth elemental who is here probably trapped apart from the plane of earth. So there's Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of people here. Well, and those dust methods we met, they're also not from here. Yeah. And the methods. Like, this was a popular place. <laughs> what about the, so the person she's going to go get, do you know, are they also from a different plane? They're from here, right? Aren't they Faye? Uh, let me look. Uh, yeah. No, look it up. Yes, Leafmint is Faye, as, yeah. as is Vinka. Yeah, they're both Faye. So yeah. they belong here for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's, so you don't, so in, your time in the rainforest here, you didn't meet anybody else who seemed like they were from another plane besides Pluma. I probably met other people. Yeah. Because, I mean, I feel like I would have come over with other, like, originally, yeah, originally I, yeah, like, I originally came over with people from the water plane. Like you I said, it's happened. a it's a popular place, so, like, there were yeah. always creatures going back and forth from, you know, every which way. Yeah. Did, I mean, you've been around, like, back? there's a lot of really cool stuff here. Hmm? Did they all, did the other people you came with all make it back? Or did you get stuck here with a lot of other people? We would come and go. Just sort of, you know, you you go cool places sometimes and hang out with people. And I had friends here. So I was, I happened to be here just by myself. I hadn't come with others from my plane. But like, you know, Pluma and I were here hanging out. And then then we couldn't get back. So if we keep traveling, we might run across some of the other people you know who were visiting somewhere else, maybe, when they got maybe. stuck. Yeah. I mean, we've, like I said, we've already met, you know, the, the, the dust muffets weren't from here. So, yeah, there could be people all over the place. I mean, there wasn't any warning. It just stopped. So as you are continuing to walk, eventually you do hear the buzzing of Pluma's wings again, and she comes back up to you and is all like, I I thought you were going to follow me, but I guess not. Um, But I, I brought it here instead. They can't fly, so they can't move as fast. Oh, sorry. <laughs> like they're bigger, but they're slower. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I brought him. And she like looks over her shoulder back into the the plants, and emerging from them is someone who's like more on par with Nadia's size, a small creature. Again, sort of like humanoid in shape, but he is all green, and instead of hair, he has like. I don't know. It kind of looks like bark or plant matter of some kind. And he's wearing clothing that is made out of plant material. And like, I don't know, the the texture of his skin is like slightly like bark or like plant material. And he just sort of just barely emerges from the plants and is standing there with his arms crossed, sort of uh, staring at all of you. He looks over at Nadia and is like, I'm glad to see you're back. Safe. Hey. And then he just goes back to staring at the taller folks. Um, hey, Leafman. Th- we did it. They helped me. These are my these are my new friends. Mm-hmm. This is this is Kay and Fletcher and Cedric. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Hmm. You want me to? Uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, you didn't tell me you were 
gonna leave the forest. I was... Well, I said I would fix the river. And it turns out it, the problem was really far away. Where exactly? Okay, so you go up the river and then there's like hills and then there's like grass and then there's like more grass and then there's a spot where like the river's still there but then there's another river that's under the ground and so like it flows into the river right there and that's where the river got bad because further up the river it was fine but there was all that nasty stuff coming from this underground river and then we just sort of followed the direction that river seemed to be going and and it and it led us into in the desert which was that was unpleasant but then, like, way out in the desert, someone was digging under the ground and making all the bad stuff happen. And so, like, we had to go down there. And, like, he he was he was real mean. But uh, I guess we, we sort of scared him off. But, like, he killed Cedric first. But then, like, we had to go get Cedric not dead. And then we came back. And he wasn't back there. It looked like he'd sort of left. And so we, like tried to clean up all the stuff that was going into the river and I think we did it and then we sort of smashed up the place so he couldn't just go back and keep doing it because he was really mean and he didn't seem like he cared at all that he was trashing the river so we had to make it so hopefully he wouldn't be able to go back out there and do it again but it was so far away he like he listened to all of that from you but when you mentioned the when you mentioned Mafak he stopped looking at you and started again like like scrutinizing the three tall people even more and when you finish he's just like you took her someplace dangerous technically she went on her own yeah i went with them they came with me yeah actually to be honest like i came out here because the river is also affecting my home and then we met nadia and she was like, it's co- totally ruining my home. And so we're like, we have a common objective. We should try together. And then we did. Yeah. And now she's back very safe. So, and the river's fixed. You sure you're okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I've learned some cool new tricks. Mm. You said you went into the desert. So you were to the east of the mountains, right? Ah. Uh, yep. Yes. And you can see him like like visibly relax and he puts his arms down at his sides and is like, okay, well, I was concerned for your safety, but as long as you stayed to the east of the mountains and you came back safe, that's what's, fine, I guess. What's on the what's to the west? Because we went to the mountains. We met some cool people up there, too. When you ask what's to the west, like his brow furrows and <laughs> Pluma sort of like rolls her eyes and is like, oh. He's being spoil sport again. Some people have been saying that there's a cool new party spot up uh, to the west of the mountains, like pretty far north of here. And you know him, he's suspicious of everything. I remember looking over that way. What did I see generally? Wasn't it more forest? Yeah. So what you saw to the west of the mountains, north of the Nabuvzuv, was like temperate deciduous forest. Yeah. Yeah. And then the volcano was like north up the chain yeah the volcano was basically as far north as you could see and it was really 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 lucky that you could see it um at the yeah that was that was crazy high roll stretch of mountains yeah yeah and i wasn't able to tell if it was active no it definitely wasn't smoking and i couldn't make out glowing at night right yeah yeah no we went we went sort of the edge of those mountains but but that was that was as far as we got that way because we needed to go back to fix the, the river. I saw a big weird mountain 
further north with like a, a flat top. Do you, do you know anything about it? I don't think either of them would have been the ones that would have told you about the volcano. I think Leafman might sort of like nod his head and be yeah. like, I've heard of a place like that. Yeah. But yeah, so it looked like the, the stories, but like, I don't know, I couldn't tell. Hmm. Wow. Because like usually in the stories, it's got like smoke and like yeah. fire, but I couldn't tell. That it certainly looked different than everything else. Well, like I said, I'm glad you're safe and you're home again. And if you really fixed the river, uh, that will be a relief to pretty much everyone. So thank you for doing that, Nadia. I mean, he sort of looks at all of you again. Yeah. It's like, thank you for helping her. Is it better? Have you seen the water recently? Is it better? I, I mean, it should have like just happened because like, I mean, it took us a while to walk it. So like maybe it passed us already. I mean, I patrol all over, but I'm not uh, especially, like, in tune with the water, I guess. If you ask yeah. the Nixies or someone else, I Yeah, I wanted to check know. on them, because I'm really worried about them and, like, all the other ones that have to be, like, in the water. Yeah, they were definitely the ones who were getting the most sick, so... Um, yeah. I'm going to uh, continue the patrol that I was interrupted from, and he sort of, like, okay. gives Pluma a side eye. <laughs> Thanks for checking in. It's good to see ya. Yep, I'll see you around. And he sort of like right. marches off into the undergrowth. <laughs> hey, like bends on to Nadia and is like, he kind of reminds me of my mom. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure she's going to say the same thing when I get back. Or <laughs> kill me. I'm not really sure. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, she's probably real worried about you, huh? Yeah, I told her I'd be gone for a week. Oh, no. It's been so <laughs> much longer than that. At, le at least you didn't tell anyone, like, how long you were going to be gone. I mean, how, how was I supposed to know? Well, I mean, they just said, like, we needed someone to go figure out what was up with the river. And I said I'd go. And I don't know what Leafment was expecting. <laughs> like, we talked about it. And, like, I said I was okay to do it. And like double plus bonus, you guys were around, so I didn't have to do it. But can you imagine if I had to do that by myself? That would have been very bad. I probably wouldn't have even gone that far out. I mean, was he, he is he like in charge, Nadia? He is. He's like a guardian, so he's not like in charge, but like he's responsible. <laughs> a responsible. He just fae. really. <laughs> he just. He just. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's a protector. He's just he's just very protective of everything. That, everything. that makes sense. He, when I said some of my friends might not like you coming in and just like the birds, that's I was thinking of him. <laughs> that makes sense. You you seemed a little unnerved. You went on a very uh a very K-length explanation of what we did, <laughs> which is not your usual style. <laughs> Of talking to people. Yeah, you literally did the K-Dum. That's what Qui-Gon <laughs> said, yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well, she had a lot of news. And he was going to ask about all of it, so I might as well say it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I always talk to everyone like that, so I get it. It's a lot of, it's a lot of information. Find... Might as well just get it all out at once real fast. Do you want to go find the Nixies? Do you want to go talk to them to make sure they're okay? Yeah, they they shouldn't be too far away, right? 
Yeah, I mean, you know exactly where they at least used to hang out, your mm-hmm. adopted family, basically. Like, yeah, yeah, you could you could find your way there pretty much from anywhere in the rainforest, yeah. Yeah, and just, I'm also really eager to look at the water anyway. Mm-hmm. Is, um, so, yeah. is, is Pluma still with us? Yeah, or she's she sort go of with hovering next okay. to you. Just, she's interested in all of you. You can, like, you hear her wings and you'll, like, catch her. She's, like... Looking at your backpacks or maybe even, like, trying to pull up a flap to, like, look in your backpack. She's very curious about what all you've got. <laughs> Kay right. is, like, trying to get a glimpse of her wings because she's very shiny. And Kay is also shiny. Yeah. And feels <laughs> like a kindred spirit with this other shiny creature. <laughs> I would definitely start just sort of telling her all about, like, the folks we met in the relatively close areas. Because that's sort of as far as we had gotten before. Yeah. And so just be like, hey, remember those like those big weird looking mushrooms that we saw up in the hills over there? Turns out they're people. Oh. <laughs> just like that kind of yeah. thing, just like rattling on as we go. Yep. So eventually you make it to the the place where your adoptive family, where this group of Nixies hangs out. And it's one of these little like tributary streams that feeds into the river, kind of like where the stream and the river meet. So they definitely had some waterway that they could sort of like escape up, basically. But the river has a lot more room to it. And Nixies Mm -hmm. can also be out of water but they need to stay pretty close to it even closer than you normally do Um, yeah but yeah you come to that spot and like that little tributary is like their tributary right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so i would sort of signal to the others to sort of hang back for a minute and then sort of go approach the place where they should be okay Um, and also sort of look at like what does the water look like like in the main river yeah give me a perception check and i'll tell you all the stuff you see Twenty six. <laughs> awesome. She's back. I was gonna say, yeah, you're like entirely in your element. So you like mm-hmm. approach the tributary and look to the west to the main river, and you can see that like the water. You definitely don't smell the gross smell coming from the river anymore. The water still looks maybe like slightly less clean than you know <laughs> would be ideal, but you and your friends talked about the idea that like this is going to take some time to sort of like wash all the way out so it seems Mm -hmm. markedly improved and so you sort of take a quick glance and sniff that way and then turn your attention back to the tributary and in sort of like an area of water plants you can see um vinka actually just sort of like reclining like kicking her feet in the water once i spot her i'm gonna kind of wave Oh, hey, try. you're back. Hey, how are y'all doing? Oh, much better. I mean, it's still not like perfect, but way better than it was. What did you do? Did you do it? Yeah, <laughs> we found we found the problem. It turns out it was a very mean person. Oh, that's not ideal. No, but we uh, sort of chased him off. We didn't kill him. So he's still out there somewhere, but oh. hopefully we trash his place enough that he can't do that thing to that river again, so. Uh, yeah, hopefully, I guess, but uh, yeah, thanks for figuring that yeah. out. Uh, yeah, it was really far away. Yeah, really? Yeah, I've been gone a long time. I mean, yeah, but I I don't know. Leafman was go- all whatever, but. I yeah, mean, but like, he's always, you know. Yeah, but. I mean, he's means well, I guess. 
Like, he does. He just wants to make sure everybody's okay. And it's been really stressful for him because everybody hasn't been okay. So, yeah. you know. I mean, yeah, the I fact understand. that we couldn't leave really sucked. But, like, yeah, yeah thanks for, I mean, <laughs> since none of us could leave to go figure out what was going on, thank you for going. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, y'all have taken good care of me, so I'm going to take care of you. Yeah, that's you sweet. Know? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, we're, we're back and, and you're okay. And hopefully the river's going to be okay soon. And yeah. Yeah. And she's sort of looking at you like, there's something like different about you. I like, can do magic things now. Mm, like no. more than just the ones I could do before. Uh, not that. Like, mm, I mean, you've definitely like changed the way you wear and carry your stuff since you left. And she's yeah. Sort of In fact, I'm probably like, still wearing that. Well, I would probably take in the wrap off to fly around. Yeah. But, but yeah, there's, there's definitely like there's there's and actually she sort of like looks at herself. She might sort of like look at her, look at her arms and, and kind of, huh. And then if you guys can sort of see her from, from further away, like after a minute, she just looks like she's got more like water on her. Like you may have remembered when you first met her that she had this like sheen, like she was always like wet, but it never like, like the stuff she touched didn't get wet. And then that sort of went away as we were further out in like the more arid spaces, but like, it seems to have come back a little bit. Cause she just kind of like, she almost is like a dog shake kind of like that sort of <laughs> But instead of like the water coming off, like suddenly there's more water and she's she's sort of, oh, I hadn't even noticed. Oh, that's weird. Man, I can't wait to swim in the river again. Yeah. You want to, I mean, go back. Oh, yeah. Pokes her. Pokes her. You come up behind Nadia and poke her. (laughs) And just like poke her arm. Okay. (laughs) The moment you come up behind her and poke her, Vinka just like dives into the water and is gone. (gasps) Oh no! Oh no, Vicky, she's okay, she's okay, she's okay, she's a friend. They're the ones that help me. She like, sorry. Like pops up like just like her eyes of <laughs> the water. And like Hayden okay. like backs right up again. She's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and like sits on the ground. <laughs> Cedric okay. and Fletcher are both behind, just like arms crossed, just like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Is Cedric doing the like I'm not touching anything? <laughs> I'm doing the disapproving father. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> she sort of, like, slowly rises back up out of the water. And, Kay, you can see a Nixie is another fae-type creature. So, again, kind of humanoid. She's got long, flowing hair that kind of looks like the water plants that she's sort of in amongst. And she's got this sort of bluish-greenish skin. So she looks kind of like she's part of the waterway. And she sort of like slowly raises her head and a little bit of her neck back up out of the water and is like, sorry, you scared me. Uh, hi? Yeah, sorry. This is Kay. This is Kay. She's nice. She's really great. Hi, Kay. And then over there, that's Cedric and Fletcher. And she sort of like raises her head up a little more like, hi. Uh, so they're the ones that helped you? Yeah. And she sort of like looks at you again and is like, yeah, I... Had this weird feeling that you weren't like I don't know the way you came over to talk to me. It just seems like you weren't coming home. I don't know. Maybe I'm being weird, but like your friends well, aren't like, from here, are they? No, they're from you know that weird like that weird settlement over down at the the coast. The really noisy ones. Yeah, they're from there, and most of those people are from a whole other place. Like they had to go across the ocean to get here. Oh, weird, right? Yeah, like. I don't know. For some reason, they can they couldn't get here before, but now they can, and so they're coming. Oh. Hmm. Uh. These ones are nice, though. That's cool. 
I mean, like, I guess the the mean one that was messing up the river was also from, you know, because he's like, he's like Cedric. He was, he's, he's also a dwarf, dwarf. (laughs) She sort of like (laughs) looks Cedric over and is like, but you're not the bad one. No, he's very good. He's a healer. Okay. Cedric Mm -hmm. is really uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) And angry. No. (laughs) No. But yeah, yeah that's, no. your, uh, that's your plan now. Well, well I want to make sure that like everything, everything gets okay here. But also they need, they need some, they, they need to go back home, but they need to get some things before, um, before they do. And then I thought I might like kind of go back with them and just, you know, sort of check the place out because we've always avoided it because they're so weird and loud. Yeah. You sure you're going to be okay if you go there? I'll be okay with them. I mean... I guess if they haven't murdered you up until now, you're probably okay, right? Yeah. They haven't tried to murder me at all. Uh, I mean, there's stuff in there's stuff in the jungle that's more dangerous than them. Well, oh, okay. Well, they almost got eaten by a plant. What? It was like a big plant, and it moved, and it tried to kill us. <laughs> She's just like looks around, and is like, "That's why I stay in here." <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I just, you know, I like to see new things. Yeah, you are there's, more adventurous than some there's of There's a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of different places out there and a whole bunch of nice people. Sounds like. Yeah. Well, if you're not coming back to come home, um, good I mean, luck, I'll, I guess. And uh, I mean, I'm not going to stay gone forever. Like, I'll come back. Yeah? Just, you know. You promise? Just also go away sometimes. I promise. This okay. is my home. Okay. I well, just gotta be sure you guys are okay. Yeah. And that means making sure some other stuff is okay, you know? Okay. Well, good luck and be safe in the whatever that is. <sighs> yeah. I'll be careful. Okay. She sort of like looks at the three of you again and just sort of like sinks back under the water. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to say every time Naughty was like, that place is loud and smelly. Okay, like, Retracts just a little bit further. Like, Where's the vehement defense I just of your said town? Weird. I just said loud and weird because it's not like here, and it's very noisy and smelly. I didn't say smelly. Whatever. I'm, but every time she was like, "Retracts." In the water. I'm not gonna cast stones about the smell of a city when I'm usually hanging out by the seaside. Balance. I mean, it's clearly different, but mm-hmm. doesn't smell as bad as the river did up until this week. <laughs> yeah um all right well you've checked on your family as all right went. yeah i guess i'll sort of go back out to the river proper and sort of do the same like grass like pull a healthy piece of grass which will probably have to be a bit away and <laughs> sort of dip it in the water and see what it looks like yeah so you sort of replicate some of the testing that y'all have been doing across this whole river pollution adventure and yeah you didn't have to go as far inland as you thought you might it looks like the vegetation along the water is doing better and it seems like the water after your test is better too again not perfect Mm -hmm. um at least not yet but oh no you could swim in it now like it's you know again it's not it's not perfect, but it's definitely something mm-hmm. you could, yeah. Yeah, I might sort of dip a toe in and kind of... <laughs> I mean, it's clean mm. enough that you could use your fast healing in it. Okay. Yeah. It's hmm. just got some slight lingering effects of person, you know, disturbance. Person caused a disturbance. <sighs> okay, okay. 
Yeah, this was better. Well, um, I guess we could kind of go, like, scope out the birds, maybe? Do we, do we need to, or would you like to talk to Leafmint about it first? Yeah, I think that might be a good idea. Because we could leave you, we could leave you to do that. So he at least knows what we need to do and why and how we're going to try to do it. No, yeah. not trying well, to. Well, if it's, if it's for Kay, I think Kay should talk to him too. Okay. That, that could, that's true. I mean, you guys can, you guys can be, I think, I think Kay's like. Nadia, uh, I know you're going to hate me for this. M- make an uh-oh. intelligence check. This is one of those, like, see if you remember something things. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. I genuinely had to go check what modifier. Oh my God. Yeah. Do we don't we have a save? Don't we have a save? I yeah, I only I only used two of the rerolls. Yeah. I how many we, did, how many did we still have? There are two okay. more. There's Corrigan two has been more. very generous this I evening. feel like this one might be important enough to use one of those. I'm just gonna might save you some time. Can you try harder this let's, time? Uh, <laughs> let's, 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 let's try again. Uh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, let's try that again. Oh my god. Well, it's a three. Which Wait, what did you get a, the first time? Which you is, got a one which, the first time? I got a natural one the first time, so this is now a dirty one. <laughs> this is a three minus one. Minus two. Or minus two. She has int oh. six, folks. <laughs> Would you also like to re-roll one more time? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Might as well spend So the first one was a negative one. What are these yep, rolls? Yes. Nice. Come on, buddy. Oh my god! <laughs> we co- It's okay, Qui-Gon just gave us another one. <laughs> N- nature check. Come for the game, stay for the terrible, terrible rolls. <laughs> oh my god. I'm so happy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, because I want you to remember this, but... <laughs> There's one more! There's another reroll. <laughs> Alright, let's try it. Natural so one, dirty one, natural one. It was another natural one. Yeah. Like we do okay in combat. It's the, it's all the non-combat <laughs> stuff. I, sorry, my brains don't work. Okay, that's an eleven, so nine. Okay, <laughs> probably still this is a failure. It's not as embarrassing. <laughs> oh my oh, lord. I- um. No, I mean, this is pretty central to his character, so getting better than a one was nice. So Leafmint and other thorns like him, I mean, he maybe particularly takes his job seriously, but like thorns like him are like their job is to protect Fae. Mm-hmm. So he's not a guardian of like the whole forest and like cares about the plants and the animals. Like he cares about the the people, the fae. And yeah. he's sort of like taken to protecting you as like an honorary fae, you and Pluma, mm-hmm. because you've been here hanging out with the fae for so long. Yeah. So yeah, it's not necessarily that he's going to like care one way or the other about, mm-hmm. you know, people hunting for whatever in the forest. He's more focused on like keeping yeah. all of the fae creatures safe. Sort of my concern was basically like if if these strangers rolled in being aggressive toward anything uh, that he I wouldn't see. really distinguish. Yeah. But yeah. Cause is there like, is there anyone that would be directly like, no, you don't mess with, cause I'm thinking about some of the others that like live in the trees and protect the trees. Is there anyone that's really concerned with the animals? Not that you know of. 
Not especially. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And not every tree is like that either. But. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's just one of those, like, I don't want to, like, stumble into someone's mm-hmm. glade and mm-hmm. then suddenly we've got a very angry, like... No, valid. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we can we can kind of go scope it out and then sort of... And then we can, like, decide because, I mean, like, maybe it'll be fine because, like, you know, we hunt things sometimes. It's just I wanted to be sure it didn't look like we were here to just, you know... There have been people who come in and just kind of trash the place, so we don't want that. Well, then it's good we're going to try to be as, as careful as we can and try yeah. to not actually hurt any any birds. Yeah. Should we... I, Whoa, do we agree on not hurting or do we agree on not killing? Because I feel like those are two very different things. I think we're going to well, try and just look for feathers first. I think and then yeah, escalate we're gonna... the situation if needed. Because yeah. I mean, we can kind of look around. Because I mean, the other thing is, like, if you start coming in and attacking the birds, the birds are going to object. So, like, I normally don't yeah. mess with those birds because they're like, they're they can they can mess you up. Oh yeah, we know, so you know that. Um, Speaking we'll of, is my bird friend? How is my bird friend doing? I'm assuming she's tagging along. Yeah, she's tagging along, but like, <laughs> it's been a little awkward for her. Mm-hmm. She's a creature that is you know, evolved for and used to, like, the big open mm-hmm. s- sky of the desert. <laughs> and so, like, here in the rainforest, it's not that there aren't raptors in the rainforest, but she's doing mm-hmm. this sort of awkward, like, hop from, like, tree limb to tree limb and then, mm-hmm. like, glide a little bit. But, like, you know, she's trying to figure it out. <laughs> I think I also, like, while we'd been walking in I was going to say, you I definitely have... Yeah. Like, oh, also check out my other new friend. Yeah. Well, and I figured in the in friend. the five days that I fast traveled you, you would have done some more like relationship building with her. So like she's sticking yeah. as close to you as she can. She's just like, oh shit, yeah. new biome. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, we can we can go kind of scope out. Mm-hmm. Can we um can we ask Pluma if she knows of like a recent place that birds have been? Since, oh, since, yeah. I mean, you haven't been here for a while, Nadia. Yeah, maybe they, they maybe, a bit. Yeah, maybe she's seen them recently. Mm-hmm. Let me look at her stat block. There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty good. So she gives it a thing for a moment. It's like, the big red ones? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I saw a group of them not too long ago. You want to go find them? Yeah. Yeah. They they need they need to find them. There's a so so like there's a there's a person back in the town that wants some of the birds or some of their feathers or something and so like that is like important decay. So like we were gonna see if we can I mean like maybe just get the feathers because like the birds themselves, like they're you know I mean they're funny, but also wow, uh I mean <laughs> yeah, I mean like you do you I'm gonna stay away from them. <laughs> I'll show you That's where they fair. Are. <laughs> okay. I think we just want to kind of look at them first. I've got a thing I can I can kind of hide these guys sort of for a little bit, and so like maybe we can use that. Okay. Uh, yeah. So she will lead you in a direction through the forest. Are you saying that like you'd like to stop a certain distance away from where she thinks they are to do something? Is that with this? Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. would you like to stop? Question? Yes. Can I run perception checks while we're walking just to see if we find feathers on the mm-hmm. floor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would it be perception or search? Because we're like looking for feathers. 
Mm. You know, we know what we're looking for. So perception gives you a wider sweep, which means that the DC is higher. Investigation is more in the nitty gritty, you know, sticking your head in the plants and moving things around. Looking with your hands, as my mother would say. So, <laughs> so, so search does that. So it would have a lower DC, but it will take you longer and mean that you're like walking and stopping and walking and stopping instead of sort of like walking and looking, if that makes sense. So you can choose uh, uh, perception or search. Group. <laughs> I think I think we'd probably be doing perception until we know we're in an area that has like yeah. active birds yeah. around it. Birds, and we then can, we would do a search. Then okay, we could start like searching too. in an area or I could try a locate object to see like where like we find one maybe that will be like around a tree that they hang out a lot in and preen mm-hmm. themselves so there might be feathers around like something like that cool okay all right so i'll roll a perception then yeah 14 you don't see any as you walk you there are a few times where you see like flower spikes on plants that are bright red and it sort of like you know catches your attention because you've got that sort of like the color is the search image right so you a few times sort of like get excited and then are like ah crap it's a flower or something like that but you don't see any of the feathers just like as you're walking so how far away from the spot did you want to stop nadia far enough away that i can make a little bit of noise without like the birds being alerted Okay, so give me a footage. I'm not going to tell you how far they can hear. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like a hundred, like, do we want to stop like a hundred feet away and then you can start gliding in so you make less noise to look? Like, Yeah, maybe. Hang on a sec. Let me see. Yeah, this lasts for 10 minutes per level. Yeah, so probably like the point at which, because they're noisy. So like probably the point at which we can hear them. Yeah, that's fair. And then so however far that would be. I mean, sort of enough that I know that, like, oh, they're over there. Yeah, if you're, um, I mean, you'll be able to hear them well before 100 feet, but yeah. I, you know. Yeah, so. 100 I mean, feet in the reinforce is still quite fine. a bit of cover. Yeah, yeah. mostly I just, I need to be able to cast a spell on them that will make the animals not actually hang on. Let me double check that range. <laughs> <laughs> what are you casting? Hide from animals. Oh. It's a level one spell. Okay. And it looks like it's like all animals and it's not like, oh, animals, a certain kind of animal or animals. That, so, yeah, this could get real weird. So, yeah, probably just like at the 100 foot range, I'll just sort of like stop them and then like cast a spell on them. Okay. And then the three of you and like I'll have to like touch each of you in turn. And then for the next 10 minutes, animals cannot hear, see, hear or smell the warded creatures. Awesome. Yeah, like even even extraordinary or supernatural sensory capabilities can't can't detect you. So we've got thirty minutes of that, and then I'll just have to be quiet. If a warded character touches an animal or attacks any creature, even with a spell, the spell ends ah, for yes. all recipients. So yeah, so I'll be like, okay, here's the deal: you absolutely cannot attack. Like we are just looking and maybe picking up feathers. Don't try to catch or hurt any of these guys right now, okay? This is like, we can get you a whole bunch of feathers maybe, but you cannot. All right? Cedric, do you hear that? <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> Don't hurt the animals or you all become visible to them and then they will go do what they do. Gotcha. Any animal. Gotcha. Any animal. Not even the bird, not just the birds. Any animal, okay? All right. Well, if it attacks me first. 
It says any... It won't because it can't see you. It says any creature. So if he attacked, like, a fae or one of you or something. Like, if you attack literally any creature. Yeah, if you attack anything, all right? <laughs> so don't... No freaking so nice. Frederick punches yeah. Fletcher. <laughs> you trip and accidentally yeah. hit him I shoot you in the back with an arrow. Who would do that? I'm a terrible party member, probably. Mm. (laughs) Sinks down in chair. (laughs) What shame. All right, so you've cast that. So are we, Naughty, do you want us to still stay here? While we're or and you go ahead, or should we come with you since they can't hear us now? No, this means you can go in. You just can't hurt anything, or it'll okay. or it'll break the spell. And you've we've okay. got how long? You got thirty minutes. Oh, thirty so minutes. Start oh. searching. So we yeah. don't even have to be quiet. No, no, just don't hurt anything. <laughs> Technically, cool. and it's cast on all four of you. Just three. Okay, so, cast three so, so you're still gonna try to be sneaky mm-hmm. or whatever. Okay. So yeah, so like I. I'm I'm gonna ha- I have to be quiet so like we won't talk to I, you no I offense. have to be quiet I mean you can talk to me I just can't talk to you okay I'll try to be as quiet <laughs> as possible because they're used to me but they're not used to all this <laughs> yeah they, yeah they're used to seeing you and like and the fae in the forest and stuff and knowing it's not a problem so I think yeah. that helps but yeah. we should we should get started yeah hey, do you guys think that stealing bird eggs counts as an attack <laughs> No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Until they just see what have to gone. get at the eggs. Yeah. 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 All yeah. I gotta do is climb a tree, reach in, grab the egg. That's not an attack. I gave them boots of landing, and now they are trying to climb tall things. Um, <laughs> Pluma's uh-huh. like, you all look like you're gonna have a great time. Good luck. <laughs> and just, like, leaves. <laughs> I like I like give her like a mm-hmm. Yeah, good idea, buddy. I'll catch you later. <laughs> she has three hit dice. She's not hanging out for this. <laughs> nope. There's a reason she did not come with me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you can hear you should a, get started. Yeah. You can hear a group. It sounds like and she had estimated for you there's she thinks there are three nests together up in this big tree that she sort of directed you towards and you can hear some birds doing their thing being squawky so can we should we do a search check search check now because we're like actively if we yes i'd say yeah if we walk forward and we get to the point where we now like see the birds or it's very loud and we think we're like in an active area then i think that's when we should start searching so i guess we would advance forward towards the noise okay cool are you yep. doing anything as you advance forward, or are you just um, Nadia? You said you're trying to be sneaky, right? Yeah, okay. and I'm I'm also going to intentionally sort of not be with them. I'm going to try to sort of <laughs> skirt a little bit more. Them. Okay, yeah. I just don't want to draw attention, you know. Yeah, yeah. And we and the here and the three of us can kind of spread out, you know, like ten feet mm-hmm. between each of us. Like we're like march through. We could all be doing perception, like trying to perceive as we go in. For when we start finding feathers. Okay. So, yeah, perception checks from everybody and stealth check from Nadia, I guess. 25 on my perception check. Okay, that perception's a 14. Mm-hmm. Well, 16. <laughs> it managed to land up on the side of the thing. <laughs> All right. Only a 12 on stealth. Okay. Good to know. 
Um, yeah, so you all advance. Oh, sorry. Were you going to say something, Ryan? No, I just like wasn't even going to say my perception check because it was so bad. Oh. So it doesn't even oh. matter. So. <laughs> no, you got to say it. Make me feel better <laughs> about my rolls. Five. <laughs> you got distracted again. <laughs> yeah. Um, his toe. <laughs> Spent five minutes hopping around. No, it's another one of the things from the book. He's like, "Oh look, I finally found yeah, one." Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like this is very much the way like, trying to identify the grass. Oh, <laughs> we're not. This is very much like grasses. going like. I don't do grass. Oh, <laughs> Lucky you. Okay. Straight edge. <laughs> so yeah, you advance forward. Um, Nadia trying to be as sneaky as possible. The rest of y'all just walking because you can. And Kay, you're the first to spot, like, yeah, they're pretty close to under the branches where you can see, like, the birds are pretty far up, but you can see spots of red in the undergrowth, you think, now that you are. Kay, like, excitedly points to the ground. (laughs) She's like, there, there, see all that red stuff? I think we can talk. And she, like, elbows Fletcher. Yeah, we can talk. face first. Yeah, I think we could talk, Kay. Oh, anyway, she, like, elbows Fletcher anyway. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, look over there. See all the bright, shiny red things? Okay, we need to all, we just need to split up and everybody take an area around some trees and start just really, really looking. All right. All right. All right. uh, Search checks. That is 18. 13. Sorry, did you say 14, 19, 18, 16. 16. Wow. Nice. It was a 13, not a 14. Whatever. Yeah. So you, I mean, this is something that, you can also like spend the time on to do carefully because there's nothing trying to attack you or whatever right now. So this is also a moment where we can kind of use the take 10, take 20 rules. And between the four of you, you are able to find, I rolled real good, you guys. If I can do mental math, um, you find 32 red feathers in relatively good Dang. condition. Yeah. So we, we should have 34 now. Right, because we have two from Nadia. Two kind of scraggly ones and thirty-two <laughs> nice ones. <laughs> Lutcher, you should like maybe press these in your book or something like that, so they don't get messed up. But unless you guys have a better idea of how to like preserve feathers, shove them in a bag. No, we. I'm fine with that. I could like, like in like my bigger journal, I'm like we could just line them up all in the back and all the blank pages, and they'll be taken out again in no time once we get back to town. Cool. Sounds good. Do we we have any idea of whether this is a lot or a lot what a lot of feathers? That's a lot of feathers mm-hmm. for it is what looks like six birds. But is it going to be like we take them back and they're like this takes ten gold off of your debt? Like, no. <laughs> we, we didn't get know. a value. Like we yeah. don't know. Appraise checks. Oh, I can boy. do that. Ooh. Yes, you can. I, 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 I can't do that. <laughs> I don't think uh, I'm even trained. I think you can. Is appraise one of the ones oh, that can be untrained? No, you can. Yeah, it can yeah. be used untrained. That does not make sense to me. You think you need to be trained in appraising things? I mean, you can mm. guesstimate what something's worth, even if you have no experience in. This is like yeah. antiques roadshow. You've been when you're shopping doing it from before, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but to me, it makes 21. me think of someone like appraising like a jewel, like you'd like quality, like. Yeah, I mean, and see, that's why I thought that only Cedric could look at rocks. I'm not even trained in it. <laughs> well, I got a 17. Okay. Cedric, were you also appraising? Oh, I was going to not even bother, but oh. yeah, since Kay got a 21, <laughs> I got a 19. Wow. Okay. So, and this 
it makes sense. Like when she said you had the options of like dead or alive birds or just feathers, like makes sense that each individual feather would probably not be worth all that much. Right. Especially cause like, yeah. it's like, Oh, these have a limited number of uses. It's like, well, I can put the feathers in a hat or like, you know, make one of those little like stick them in ye olde foam to make like a bird for a diorama or whatever. But like, you know, like the feathers individually don't have a ton of value all on their own. Yeah. Should we, I don't know, should we try to find more somewhere? Birds. If there's another roost. Do you think we could just kill one bird here? There are six, so if we just kill one, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, especially if we kill one of the really pretty ones. Right, it seem like they would be worth more alive than dead. Also, you know what we could do? We could eat it. Then it's like not even we're like not even wasting it. I mean, you guys. Well, you it. don't like meat anymore. I don't, but I mean, you know, but like seems more feathers. sustainable that way. That, but that could ruin parts of it that might be worth more than individual feathers if we go it through is, all yeah. of that. Fair enough. Okay. So basically, Cindy's thought process, mm -hmm. because it is not clearly Nadia is not going to have any of these thoughts. Cindy's thought process is it would be hysterical if we could actually manage to get a live bird back to her, because then it would probably freak out and do its thing, and that would be amazing. <laughs> And while Cindy desperately wants to do this, I'm trying to come up with an angle for which Nadia would think this is an acceptable thing to do. Yeah, Nadia like, didn't want to do anything to the birds. Because they're really fucking mean. <laughs> Though also, now that you've, like, part of the reason, because, like, I, like, led you guys to them because I was just like, okay, you want to, like, <laughs> you must know what you're talking about because you want these birds, and now she knows better. Um, <laughs> but also, you guys keep talking about what a terrible woman this is. So there's a part of her now sort of thinking back to that and like thinking if there was any possible way that we could get one of these back alive, she might actually be on board with it. What's Nadia's alignment? It's gotta be chaotic. I was going to say, it's definitely chaotic. Chaotic neutral. Chaotic. neutral. Okay, chaotic that's what neutral. I thought. Yeah, that's no, definitely that whole, a thought that you whole could method, have. Like, this is fun. Yeah, that's definitely a like, thought there's, you there's, there's that little, There's that little thing in the back of my brain and like those two little dust methods are there like, you're so boring. Yeah. And so now she's just kind of like, Chaos. <laughs> oh, this is so stupid. Okay. Um, she's going to kind of go off to the side a little. Is there any one of the birds that's like a little bit further away than the others? Uh, oh, let the they're like decide. A, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm so here for it. A dumb looking male, like a, like a younger male, maybe, that's just sort of chilling on his own. Yeah. A little, little less, less bright than the other two males, but yeah, there's one. Even better, male kind. She's gonna cast speak with animals. Hanging out, okay. Oh, gonna cast God. speak with animals and approach this bird. <laughs> okay. Um. It's um. Um. Uh, you can comprehend and communicate with animals. You're able to ask questions of and receive answers from animals. Although the spell doesn't make them any more friendly or cooperative than normal. Uh, wearing cunning animals are more likely to be terse, and basically the animals are going to, like, keep their personality. They're going to keep their personality. Yeah. I've only got three minutes of this, so here goes! Hold on, just a hot sec. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, yep. What are you doing, Nadia? <laughs> uh, she's... They, they can't hear us, remember? <laughs> yeah, no, she's, she's going to, like, kind of wave you, like, 
Because uh, she can't move a lot. Cedric, um, perception check. So she's like trying to sort of approach this bird the sort of the same way she did her eagle, I guess. And just like, um. What's your number? 23. When you yelled, some of the birds looked down like straight at you. Yes, Nadia? Oh my god. Um. <laughs> I hate Cedric so much. <laughs> what did you do? It was aggressive. It was loud. Um. Hi, 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 bird. Are you? How close are you getting to it? I'm getting like line of sight, but not right up in its space. So I'm sort of like over, and I'm trying to like sort of catch its eye without being aggressive at all. So very like okay. And you're only speaking like that loudly. Yeah. So just loud enough for the bird to hear me, hopefully, but like speaking in a way the bird can understand me. Okay. So you get in its eye line, and it sort of like looks at you and then it sort of like goes back to what it was doing on the branch and it like looks hey, over at you again and looks back hey, at what hey, it's doing on the branch hey um hi i this is this is gonna sound weird um i have a favor a favor to ask it's still like checking on you every once in a while and it looks like it's like picking bugs out of the moss on the tree branch um would, would, <laughs> nancy's like stop you... eating my bugs <laughs> um would, would you like to do something funny? It doesn't make a sense motive check. Oh, okay. Well, 20. So 21. <laughs> you stop mid-sentence and you're like, ah, crap. It's not. It doesn't understand funny. It's not understanding you. Like, you, you cast the spell. It, the spell is on yourself. So mm-hmm. you cast the spell on yourself. So it worked. But it does not appear to be working on this bird. You're being <sighs> screwed by mechanics right now. I will nope. offer that. Yeah. They're not they're not animals. They're not animals. <laughs> <laughs> you just looked it up, didn't you? <laughs> no, I didn't know. I oh, mean, you I mean you guessed. said yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's also I why mean, they pair... can see. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> That's why I kept pulling out my player's guide because I was like, oh, I want to make sure what it says. Okay. Um, they are not. They are tiny yeah, magical beasts. They are not animals. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> um. You guys get the feeling like they can see us. <laughs> actually, I probably would have clocked them all looking at him too, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> You can't like, understand me, can you? It just is continues just like not eating bugs out of the moss. All right, I'm gonna start backing away slowly. Okay. Hey guys, hey guys, let's go, let's go, let's go. Guys, let's I thought go. we had and like, like more minutes. I thought we had 34 minutes. I'm gonna, are there any of them that are like definitely looking at one of us right now? I mean, Kay just yelled. So like one of them is sort of like, you know, peeked its head over the branch and is like looking yeah, at gonna you. Yeah, I'm going to kind of point at that one and then shh. And then it sort of goes back to what it was doing. Yes. I don't know why it didn't work, but it didn't work. <laughs> oh. Oh. We okay, some go. of my spells don't work sometimes too. <laughs> She doesn't understand why things do and don't work. She doesn't know these things. Nope. They're birds, as far as she's concerned. I mean, for some reason, that time it didn't work. Yeah. So we're leaving. Just, just quiet, real quiet, like, okay? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like, Fletcher, you can make a... You have knowledge, Ar- Arcane, Arcana, whatever. 22. Yeah, so, like, between her saying that the spells didn't work and the fact that, like, you know that they do this, like, color spray effect, you're like, yeah, they're not animals, I don't think. Like, if they can do that sort of magical effect, they must be magical. So, yeah, it makes perfect mm-hmm. sense to you that they would be yeah, they're, magical creatures. They're, they're, I think they're more than a, a mundane animal. Does that okay. mean we can kill them? <laughs> Do you think your friends would mind? I mean, they all seem to hate them, right? Yeah, you all seem to hate yeah. them. I mean, if you if you want to, I'm just saying, like, there's six of them right now, and I think it just took one of them to knock y'all out before. But like, maybe, maybe now we're stronger. Well, we do also know from encountering them and from the book, if we do something to them, they try to what they do to us. We have to see it. So if we're able, we might, it might not work. We might not be fast enough because they'll hear us coming. But if you don't see the lights coming out of them, the lights don't do anything to you. Oh. We can't be blind. (laughs) So I'm saying like you, there's a lot of them. So it's probably not going to work all the time, but it's one thing we can try to do. It's just like what? Close your eyes in time? Close your eyes. But then you can't see them. You don't know where they are. It might not work because there's a lot of them. It's a gamble, but it's one thing we can we could try if we wanted to go over and engage with them. So I will say, in because I was thinking about this last night, you know, about the whole like seeing might be important in this particular scenario. So this morning I prepared the ability to summon a fog or perhaps an obscuring mist which might at least help us a little bit. Like they wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to like see as many of them. Basically you have short visibility. I like this. Do we know if that would prevent their spell V spell spell? Say what? Do we know if that would prevent the spell? Well, the vapor obscures all sight, including dark vision beyond five feet. So obscures all vision, so you couldn't see something coming at you, and it's only gotten rid of by fire or strong winds. Yep, yep. I mean, it's only I, forty feet across, so it's not a huge cloud. But I but assume we've also, like moved back like a hundred feet. And we're having this conversation like away from the birds a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, but so we also wouldn't be able to see where they are to continue trying to get them. True. It's true. But it could be a, a last minute if things are getting bad. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, we could use it to bail, although we'll probably be unconscious if that if things go bad. <laughs> like a Why don't we just inking, you just <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we just follow them until Ninja nighttime? Finish. You can't see colors at night. But but well, you can't can still be like see colors light. at night if the, the light. Yeah, would I would happens. I have been around enough to know that like they can definitely still do their thing in the dark? Fireworks still have like, color. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like assuming it's like a big glowing thing at night. It's, like, it's a magical the whole fireworks. Just, like, it'll be like it'll be like, yeah. like yeah, it's like it's like magical fireworks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if 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 that is our getaway tactic, and I kind of like I grab that robe that I've been wearing. One of the patches on this will also produce an obscuring mist. Oh, yeah. So we have two people that can create a getaway if we need to. All right. Okay. <laughs> Ryan does not look convinced. <laughs> Wait, Kaylee so like, pulls out her short I mean, bow we can and try is like, to do it. 
Worst case scenario, they they stun us and we wake up like an hour from now, like lying on the floor of the jungle, right? Yeah, They're not going to like eat our like... livers or anything like that, right? And, and somebody could also hang back. If other people are going up and engaging, someone else could hang back. So if anything starts to go bad, there's also someone to come over. So we're not just everybody's unconscious on the floor of the jungle. Yeah. One of us could just stand there with their eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> Flailing about with a sword or something. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, color, color spray only reaches fifteen feet. Yeah, so we could oh, stand back and I could like, just yeah, blast spells. Let's, Fletcher <laughs> and I can just stand in the back because I got this thing and it shoots sixty feet. Mm-hmm. All right. Bells, arrows. Okay. If one of them starts looking mad, make sure you close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That'll probably have to be a very good reflex check. <laughs> mm-hmm. You go, <laughs> but. Now that you've done all that exquisite planning, we will pause here for the night. Oh, right. oh, oh so close. <laughs> <laughs> Before we come back next time to our doom. To After the Eastern. Yes, yeah. next time yeah. we can come back and face the, <laughs> as it's been called in the chat, the spicy chickens. <laughs> Look at all those chickens. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, we will be back Good lord, I don't know. Mm, like the last days? Sunday, because so so we're we're doing the thing where we try to stream every Sunday now. So next Sunday, mm-hmm. I will so I will be running a 30th. one shot, and that's mm-hmm. the sixteenth. And then the twenty third is a nature chat with me mm-hmm. and special guest Nancy, and my co host is frenemy of the show Andrew, who's Ooh. volunteered to come and ask <laughs> dumb questions about science for us. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's his that's his punishment for killing Cedric. He's been working real hard at redeeming himself. Yes, He's been yes, buying us yes, lots of second yes. chances. <laughs> so then yeah. We need um, all we can get. <laughs> on Sunday, January 30th, you can come back and see the spicy chickens take down the part I'm what? Um what? Mm-hmm. I mean the part I'm sure it will go fine. We'll be fine. They do <laughs> Color spray is not a killing spell. Hey, I was Peter. I was just gonna say that. TPK. I mean, if nothing else, Pluma knows what we're up to and where. So if we don't surface for like a whole day, she can come back and check things out. Yeah, Sylphs have some spells stuff. Yeah, she has sorcerer type spells. She can tell. She can tell Leafman where we are. She, she has you can see we're unconscious and go get help. That, yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah. Smack us all in the face and wake us up. So, wait, so the, she might what? be a better friend than Cedric ever was. I was going to say, she can do more than Cedric. <laughs> but take much. What's the t- uh, the one shot tomorrow, uh, next week? So uh, what about it? Next week is... Let me check to make sure. I believe... I, I have scheduled several, so now I have to figure out which oh one's what yeah so on the 16th so next sunday we will be doing another round of you awaken in a strange place um which is one that we've played once before but it has was that infinite that was ours right with the hummingbirds yes it has infinite replayability because you literally make up everything at the beginning of the game so last time we had giant puffins and giant riding hummingbirds that were used to 
ranch and herd to the puffins and everything was run on magical cactus juice. It's the quenchiest. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows what we'll get up to this time, but there will be some familiar faces. So next week it will be myself, Nicole, who was in one of the 50th episode one shots, Morgan, who was in one of the 50th episode one shots, Emily Dodd, who plays video games on the show sometimes, and then a new friend from the Potterverse, Reed, will be joining us. And Reed is a molecular biologist. So we'll have a nice lineup to make up some something. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to Google natural predators of puffins again or something like that. But, you know, it'll be great. So, yeah, that's what we're doing next week. Nature chat the week after that. And then at the end of January, you can come back for more Coralaxes in the Nabooboob Thank you. I'm sure it will go great. I'm sure it will, too. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. Have a great evening. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.